Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Good evening, everybody, and everyone's chiming in already, and we expect a huge audience tonight as we welcome you to the Wise Guys, the number one BYU sports live stream, live stream talk show in the entire world, and we welcome the world as we often do. Yeah, we're so glad to have you with us. Make sure we remind you every week to follow us on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat, and please hit subscribe. It's free. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and of course, you can go to wiseguys.com, ysguys.com, to link up to everything. Yeah. So every, everything that you need is at our common website at ysguys.com. And that's so where sure the future is. Wiseguys.com is the future. Uh, by the way, we've got all our interviews waiting for you. Yeah, Dr. Ketch in asking, already asking, are we going to win again on Saturday? That's, that's <laughs> Why not? We're going we're gonna to break it down. We're going to break it down for you, Dr. Ketch. So, yeah, um, and I, we appreciate you being on with us every week. John Crowder. Um, in from Harriman, always in with us. Jonathan Ashcroft, uh, can't, can't wait to hit. He's from down Henderson, kind of your old stomping grounds. But you're you right. He's an east sider. You're a west sider. But Vegas. it's one giant Las Vegas metropolis. Glenn, Glenn Lumen let everything off with it's great to be a cougar. And, of course, it is this week. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Hey, at ysguys.com, all our interviews ranging from Danny Ainge to Marie Osmond, Kyle Van Noy to Sherry Dew, Ty Detmer to Max Hall to Steve Young. They're all waiting for you at ysguys.com. If you find yourself with an afternoon and you're not doing anything, go there. You can kill two, three, four hours listening to the legends of, uh, of BYU uh, or, or da- right at your fingertips. Download the Sherry Dew um, podcast or the Steve Young or the Dan- whatever one you want. And uh, just go out and ride on your bike and listen to it while you're riding. Yeah, get that's, some that's, exercise. That's we, got, we have a question for you tonight. Uh, if you were at the game in Fayetteville, we want you to uh, send us uh, what it was like. And then and we'll share it. Uh, we'll share it with everybody on the show. Hey, when we said they won three games, I, I like that Michael Kennard said, hey, um, if it's th- if it's fr- if it's th- <laughs> if it's free, it's for me and I'll take three, yeah. which Vi told us. Who did he tell us originated that? Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon yeah. originated it. And he says, how about four? Can we get four wins? If it's four, it's for him and he'll take all four is what he's saying. So. Isaac, good evening. Watching from Weatherford, Texas. Such an awesome win. Isaac says, and what a, let's just start right there. What an amazing battle for BYU at Arkansas in SEC country. That's what we're all still abuzz about. That's what AFR, which just finished over on the BYU TV app, focused on today, how BYU beat Arkansas. And we kind of had smiles on our faces as we broke down the video because it, it actually happened. And we had the proof. And we said that there was, there was a chance that we liked the matchup, that yeah. we didn't. We didn't think uh, we thought BYU was going to be better defensively than they were the year before. That they would contain Jefferson better than he did that they did the year before. They did all of that, um, and but when they started off down fourteen zero, we were yeah. all kind of looking at each other, going, "Whoa, is this just too bad? Is this too awful a start to be able to bounce back?" Um, and uh, to their credit, to the coaching staff's credit, they kept them calm. Yeah. To the credit of the senior and junior leadership on this team. They didn't panic. 
I think I looked up at the score scoreboard and said, wait a minute here. Yeah, we're down 14 zip, but it's, there's still 12 minutes left in the first quarter for Pete's sakes. We can let this thing go one way or another. We, we can either quit right now and just get blown out by 60, or we can decide that there's a lot of game left and knuckle down and just slowly get back in this thing, which is exactly what they did, and amazing. Chelsea from West Jordan, Utah. Josh from Lehigh, Utah. Uh, part of our live stream audience tonight. Uh, so here's what we got coming up. We're going to break down the Arkansas game and get your comments as well. And we'll share as many as you send. Uh, we'll also hear from head coach Kalani Sataki as he sets the, the tone for this week, the Big 12 opener at Kansas. That's Which is a big deal. And then, hey, speaking of Kansas, um, the Kansas Jayhawks radio analyst David Lawrence is going to be on the show here with us tonight. So we'll hear from the Do you the think Jayhawks he'll give side. us some insight on I how think, to beat him? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I, I think he'll tell us what they're good at and yeah. what maybe some of their weaknesses are. And he's been watching a long time. He played there. And we're going to try to always bring on uh, a member of the opposing media, especially the radio crew or TV crew, to give everybody some insight on what's coming. Yeah, and he'll he'll not only tell us a little bit about the team, and he's, he's a former player, he's been a broadcaster for a long time, but also kind of what game day's like there, what that environment's like. Uh, there'll be 47,000 strong games mm-hmm. sold out. Um, so that's exciting. So we'll we'll, we'll um, tap into David Lawrence's brain. John, by the way, uh, said I was able to go to the game as my fiftieth birthday present for my wife. You have an amazing wife. What a great game! What a great present! Golly, how I love my wife in capital letters. <laughs> nice, and she put together the win. That's a that's a birthday that's present. Big, that's a big time present to always be remembered. Uh, speaking of the Big 12 opener, Judge Brookton Blood, BYU alumni rep over the Midwest, is going to join us live on the show uh, to talk about all the activities going on around Lawrence. And there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of BYU fans uh, that are in that area and going. There's a lot that are from everywhere else that are going. Um, and so we're going to visit with Judge Blood. And I think that's, is that the best name for a judge? Yeah, judge Blood. Uh, you got to appear before Judge Blood. It's like, do you even have a chance? No, you got no chance. You better have well, your, I think we have a chance you, tonight. You better have your house in order. But if we do something wrong, I think we got no chance. Yeah. So, And then uh, we're going to have Mark Comer back on the show. Many of you remember from a while back, Mark is uh, uh, the executive director of the Royal Blue Collective. Um, and, and so he kind of runs that NIL portion, um, and that's BYU's primary NIL collective. Um, he's going to update us on, on what's going on with NIL and how BYU's keeping up and some of the things that have, be- have been going on. So that'll be fun to have Mark back on with us. Soccer and volleyball are moving in the polls, one up, one down, and they've got a big week ahead uh, in the Big 12. Here's a comment from Josh. I love the fact that uh, we had a walk-on playing strong safety. Mangelson, another former walk-on state champion wrestler from Levan, Utah, all helping with the defensive line push. Uh, hey, to Mike, just me. Uh, Mike D, just me from Beaumont, Texas. But, but let's start right there with the defense and the push. Our defensive line, that was about as good as we've seen them play in a long, long time especially up against a P5 offensive line. The same line that pushed BYU around last year in Provo got pushed back on Saturday night in Fayetteville. Yeah, BYU was so aggressive with the way they played. And if, if you got a chance to just watch, it just day, you know just premiered um, at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, went from 5 to 6, leads into the show AFR. We had a chance to look at some film, and uh, Dave Nixon and I were able to break down some of the things that D-line mm-hmm. did. 
and everybody on that front played well. And, and honestly, talking to the coaches, this is probably the best game that Tyler Batty has ever played at BYU. And he's the Big 12 Defensive Player he, of the Week. He was phenomenal in this game. John Nelson played great. Mangelson was mentioned in the chat. Mangelson had a phenomenal football mm -hmm. game. Hawes played well. Um, I mean, th you, there's not a person on that D-line that didn't play well. Bagna played well. Everyone played well. They were beating their, their, the man in front of them, which they couldn't do last year. They were getting penetration. The linebackers were playing downhill. And I'm glad to see somebody mention uh, our walk-on strong safety, Ethan mm -hmm. Slade. BYU played 79 snaps on defense. Ethan Slade's the only player on that football team that played every single snap on defense. He played 79 snaps on defense. Wow. Um, Jacob Robinson was close. He played 77. He missed two plays. So he was out for two plays. But how about that? Our, our walk-on strong safety, who's been playing phenomenal uh, since game one and played 79 snaps and, and, and had a great accounting and a good grade in this last game. Ed from St. George knows what we're talking about. He and six family members flew out to the game as we're reading off our live stream. Uh, Isaac is impressed with Eddie Heckard, one heck of a player. Absolutely. Here's the stat that jumped off the page to me. On third downs, the Razorbacks were held to 2 of 13. Last year in Provo, they were 13 of 15 on third down. Couldn't get off the field. And uh, in the rematch, 2 of 13 on third down, just seven second-half points. BYU wins the turnover battle 2-1. to one. They forced six punts. We saw the Arkansas punter one time last year in Provo. Six punts at home. And another big factor that, that maybe you blame completely on Arkansas, but you can't completely blame it on, B on Arkansas. you got to give BYU a little credit. Were the, 100, 100, the 14 penalties for 120, or 145 yards, was it? Or 125 yards? It was, it, well, they were devastating yards. I think it was 145 yards. I wrote down 125, but I think it was 145, actually, now that I think back. They seemed to get tired, and but, they just held. What was happening was... BYU's pass rush was so aggressive that they were reaching out and grabbing onto people. Yeah, there were some mental errors with false starts and alignments, but there were enough holding penalties to go around, and holding penalties happen when you're getting beat. And, and BYU was relentless. BYU was in better condition. They were big and they were physical, and they got it done. So, so credit BYU's D-line and backers for their relentless pass rush for some of those penalty yards. Uh, four sacks. Um and I mentioned Tyler Batty, nine tackles, one and a half sacks. And on the offensive side, Keaton Slovis was 13 of 25, no interceptions, 167 yards and two touchdowns. Now, there's many who look at that and go, wow, when's Keaton going to show up and start playing? We want to see 400 yards here or there or whatever. What Slovis brings to BYU, and there will be days when, when it's a track meet, um, but what he has brought to BYU, and we've seen it in these first three games, first one wasn't great for the offense, second one's a little better. Last uh, Saturday was good enough on the road in the SEC, but that was his 35th P5 start. Did he ever look rattled? Even when he got sacked, kind of get up, and there was never this, oh, what is he going to do next? And he just put BYU in positions to win, and when they were in the red zone where they remained perfect, they scored touchdowns. And he made some really good moves in the pocket. His pocket presence and, and a couple of big catches that the, the catches were so eye-popping it took away from how good Keaton was with his footwork in the pocket and getting the ball out. People remember that seam route um, going from right to left on your television uh, to, to Isaac Rex, where Isaac kind of stabbed at the ball and brought it down. There was a pretty fierce pass rush, and Keaton moved a little to the left, slid up into the pocket, was getting hit as he let the ball go, and delivered a football. Really, really impressive throw. And, and 
You don't see that because the ball comes out and you watch the great catch that Isaac makes. And then the touchdown grab that was the Sports Center play of the day to chase Roberts in the other end zone going left to right on your television. The the little bit of movement. So so Keaton had a, a big time pass rush coming backside on his left side. Um and they were fan protecting, so they fanned the guard back to pick it up late. Lapawahu, he stepped over to his right, slid up in the pocket, had to throw it sidearm to get it out, had to throw it over number two, the corner, just out of his reach, and in a spot that only Chase Roberts could get it, and barely get it, he did. With one With hand. With one hand on the back of the he ball. He never even got the other hand on the and, ball. And he the, just used the, the one. The catch was so spectacular that lost in all of that was the phenomenal job of footwork and pocket presence that Keaton Slovis had in that play. Yeah. So I, I was very impressed with Keaton and, and in this in this game. He managed the game. And think about it. The only turnover Keaton has through three games is where he got smacked and the ball came straight out. I call them pop-up interceptions, which I don't think should go against the quarterback. He hasn't thrown a ball into coverage that's gotten intercepted this year. And he's held onto the football and hasn't fumbled. Hey, live streamers, tell us right now uh, what you thought of that Chase Roberts catch. And with the exception of Puka's last year against Boise State, have you seen a better one? Uh, let us know, and we'll share it with everybody. L.J. Martin rushed for 77 yards against a team that hadn't given up anything on the ground, ran for two touchdowns. That 45-yarder to tie the game at 14 was, was spectacular. And we showed you on AFR, uh, Kingsley Suamata'i's block, which sprung Martin, was the kind of block that gets you in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, and, and that one was was so spectacular because the collision was so intense. He pulled um, along with uh, Lapawahu pulled as well, and Lapawahu was the guard, so he was first. And they came in tandem, and Lapawahu turned up and sealed inside, and and Kingsley kicked out, and then LJ ran up inside for that big touchdown. But but there was a play later, and we talked about it on AFR down on the goal line, this, the other touchdown of L.J. Martin when Kingsley just pancaked the tackle down into the middle of the line and yeah. Isaac Rex came down and cleaned up the linebacker and it was an easy touchdown for L.J. Martin from close range. Jonathan says that catch was amazing. Such a great pass and focus by Roberts to pull it in. Well said. Yeah, Mike just me says the catch can only be great if the ball's there to catch it. That's, that's what I'm true. talking about right there, Mike. Thanks for that. that, that that's exactly what I'm that talking is about. That's true. Parker Kingston, the redshirt freshman, has been a big, pleasant surprise. Three catches for 46 yards, and uh, he threw a touchdown pass, and he scored a touchdown. How about that pass to Deion Smith? And uh, that was the one that really got BYU back in the game, made it 14-7, to and, and you could feel the Cougars just kind of go, Okay, all right. Let's get the ball back and keep it going. And they and they did. Les, good to have you with us from Santa Fe. Uh, he says, hello, everyone. Go Cougs. Oh, you're right. Bullseye Katoa did have a great catch. That was a great catch you're right. last year. You're, that was, was in that Boca Raton Bowl, right? Was it two yeah, years ago? Yeah, where he just laid out, completely oh, laid yeah, out I'm and caught the ball. I'm glad you reminded us of that. That one, too, was right up there. Those are three phenomenal catches. Katoa, Puka, and uh, and then Roberts. Yeah. And, and, and Les says, hey, about that fake field goal. We, we didn't really talk about that in AFR today. No, because it didn't count because there was a penalty. even if it had worked, it hadn't accounted because of the delay again. Yeah. And, Thank and, goodness. And I, I did get a chance to look at that on film. So I had a problem with when we called the fake punt the week before. Uh, the down distance yeah. and where they were in the field. I had no problem with the fake field goal there. And here's the thing. When, when you look at numbers, they had the right numbers of people for that to work for a first down. 
and they didn't execute it. And so, hey, back to the drawing board, it, it probably was the right play call, but you either have to have the right dudes or you've got to teach them better to execute it because it's got to work. If you fake field goal, it has to work or everybody always goes, why in the world would you fake field goal? So they had the correct numbers to run that play and the guys just didn't execute it. And so they got to coach them up better. They were very fortunate that that was a delay penalty. Joel it's says, a dead ball penalty. stop with the fakes. <laughs> stop with the fakes. Uh, and Matthew says, Arkansas fans were super nice, by the way. That's good because BYU fans were super nice to them. Yep. That's how fans should be. Yeah. Just super nice. And, and then and, let the guys fight it out on the field. And you know what? The Arkansas fans felt like there was a little bit of debt of gratitude that needed to be paid for the way they were treated when they were in Provo the year yeah, before. For sure. Which, which made me proud. I was really, really yeah. proud of our fan base for the way they extended the red carpet to the Arkansas fans last year. Last year, and as tradition at BYU, they hand out ice cream to the visiting fan section. Uh, Arkansas went home after last year's game, and they go, we got to do something. So they started handing out popcorn. Mm-hmm. to the visiting fans. And I saw a, a shot on Twitter of Cougar fans getting some popcorn uh, from the yep. Razorbacks. Nice job. Kalani Sataki addressed the media following that game and uh, setting the tone for the week against Kansas. This was yesterday. DJ's got him ready. Let's listen to Kalani for a couple of minutes. Keep your live streams coming, and, uh, and then we'll react to what the coach has to say. Heading after now to week four. I'm really excited about the opportunity to play in Kansas. Had a really good experience last week um, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and uh, what a cool environment. Um, it was. It was a, obviously we were, we're happy with the result, but I um, just want to make sure that people know that we really enjoyed the hospitality um, and, and the competitive nature of the of the fans there, and uh, obviously the um, you know. Things weren't went our way. We were able to get the victory, but um, I hope everybody knows that we have a, a great appreciation for that environment, for that stadium, for the program, and for their coaches, and definitely for their fans. Um, they're really a lot of positive feedback from our fans and their interaction with Arkansas fans. So it was a really cool environment, and um, man, it was loud. And, and what a what a cool place, and what a good good experience, and a great experience for our players to have. And uh, you know, we're looking forward to um, another uh, great experience this weekend, uh, going out to Kansas and, and um, seeing their their wonderful campus and being in front of their fans. And, uh, you know, hope we'll have our, our, our faithful fans show up again, uh, just like they did last week. And um, I hope they have a great experience like, like they did last week. So, um, obviously, there's I, I spoke in the press conference after the game that, you know, there's improvement to be, to be made. And... Um, Looking forward to correcting the the mistakes, but the great thing I can say is that our players, the, the energy and the effort, the um, the the physical play, their willingness to buy into everything that we've asked them to, is there. And I, I love the resiliency and the the fight in our in our young men um, to c- come back from two scores down early in the game and then do it again in the second half. Uh, I'd like to get uh, started a lot lot better for us this week, but. You know, I know it's it's nice to see a team that can fight back when they need to. Um, we're looking forward to having great effort again going against a, another a great coach. Lance Leipold's an amazing coach, and I, I, I like watching him as a leader. Have great interactions with him and his players, especially during media days. Um, really talented team, and uh, you look at the things that they're able to do on offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, 
tons of great size. They have a lot of returning production. You start with the quarterback, and not just the starting quarterback, but they have uh, a, a, you know a couple quarterbacks that can play. But uh, I've, I've been able to meet their quarterback, Jalen, and, and uh, had a really cool interaction with him at media days as well. And so it just seemed like really great kids and uh, committed to their culture and their coach. And uh, I, I think the world of their coach, so I know that they'll be ready to play. And I'm looking forward to trying to get our team ready this week, taking advantage of all the practice time and the preparation to uh, play Kansas because we'll need to be at our best to, to go into that environment and, and to compete with them. So we're looking forward to the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the, the opportunity for our team to get better to improve from last week. I feel like we've improved every week and um, probably need to improve uh, even more in a lot of different ways and a lot of fixable things we can get that done this today. I said that last week. I think I said that every week now, but um, looking forward to the matchup and looking forward to the, a great team. I think Kansas is, is uh, and they, they do some really cool things on offense. They're able to, you know, about get 500 yards of offense and tons of points on the board and then defense does a great job being physical and and rallying and tackling well, so um, I think we got our work cut out for us, and we'll, we'll be excited for the challenge. So, any questions you guys have? BYU head coach Kalani Sataki uh, kicking off the week. The game is Saturday in Lawrence. It's the first day of fall. It's going to be uh, great weather, from what we understand, and uh, and a fun game. Jayhawks are three and zero. Just beat Nevada in Reno, thirty-one twenty-four. And, uh, and Blaine, you're our resident quarterback. Let's get your take on Jalen Daniels. He threw for 298 yards against the Wolfpack, 21 of 27. Seems to be really efficient. And then he's got a great running back, too. Yeah, he, he's got so many weapons around him. And what Jalen does really well is he, he distributes the ball. So he reads defenses, and he gets the ball to the open guy. He doesn't, he's not one of these, uh, I have a favorite receiver, I'm going to throw it to that guy and force it in type of a quarterback. He's a very heady guy. Uh, this season, he's completing 75% of his passes. So he's 75%, 575 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And last year... He completed 67% of his balls for 2,014 yards, 18 touchdowns, just four interceptions. So he's a very, very efficient guy with a ball. He's not a big, tall guy like, like Jefferson that BYU just faced because Jefferson's between 6'4 and 6'5. Jalen's just six feet tall, yeah. but he's solid. He's 215 pounds. He's a little quicker than Jefferson, maybe not quite as strong because Jefferson's 250 pounds. And he's, he's extremely dangerous if you don't keep him hemmed into the pocket, so effective in making plays off schedule. And he and his receivers are, are so on the same page. He's got a veteran group of receivers around him. So when he breaks containment and gets outside, everybody knows where they're supposed to go. And they make a ton of plays in the scramble drill. And so it's a big challenge for BYU to play against a quarterback with this kind of skill level. Uh, remember, Kansas returns the most offensive production of any team in the NCAA this year. They have 10 returning starters and virtually all of their skill guys. So you, you've got Daniels back, um, Devin Neal at running back, who is also really skilled at 5'11 and 210. Um, he's averaging 7.6 yards a carry. The whole season last year, he averaged over 8 yards a carry. And it's one of the most balanced offensive football teams in the country. They averaged 284 yards passing. 217 yards rushing. Yeah, you heard me right. 217 yards rushing, right? And so so this is it's a really good offensive team. 
Their, their receivers are big. Arnold, 6'3". Gr Grimm is six foot. He's kind of the inside guy that does a lot of dirty work, their leading guy from last year. And, and then on the outside, Skinner at 6'5". So those two outside guys are 6'3 and 6'5". So they create matchup problems for you. They have a big tight end um, who's at Fairchild who's, who's 260 pounds and can block and, and go out and catch the ball. So offensively, I feel like this is one of the most gifted, experienced groups that BYU will play all season long. I mean, that includes Texas and Oklahoma. So Defensively is where they can get beat. Yeah, and defensively, they struggled last year. Uh, somebody in the chat, and I can't remember if it was Mike, just who somebody asked what we thought in a neutral field game between Arkansas and Kansas. Well, guess what? The last game of last season was a neutral field contest between Arkansas and Kansas. They played each other in the Liberty Bowl. Arkansas won 55-53, to 53. And, and it was a shootout. Arkansas yeah. had 683 yards of total offense. Kansas had 603. So it was back and forth, back and forth. Arkansas had the ball last, and they won. And, and for the most part, those two teams have everybody back. So I know it's not this season, um, and I know that Arkansas and BYU's game didn't have Rocket Sanders, but... But that'll give you an idea of how they compare. I think Arkansas was much better defensively this year than they were last year. I think Kansas will be improved, but they struggled last year. They're they're 120 plus yeah. in scoring defense last year. Um, they had a hard time stopping teams. Um, but guess what? In total defense this year, now mind you, they haven't played a series of juggernauts yet. Yeah. But but they're they're 20th in the country in total D. That's a huge improvement over last year. Arkansas found out that and they had some good stats going in. They just hadn't played anybody. Right. And then they got then they played somebody and found that their offensive line wasn't as good as they thought. Right. They couldn't run as well as they thought. Um, they couldn't protect the quarterback as well as they thought and and their secondary gave up some big plays yeah. like they they hadn't done. Matt from Cleveland, Ohio's watching the wise guys. Matt Good to have you with us. There's a few stats that I think are interesting to set this up. And coming up here in a moment, we'll visit with David Lawrence from the Jayhawk Radio Network and get his take on things. But BYU is number one in the country in red zone offense, yep. which means they get inside the 20 and they score every time. They're number eight in the country in turnover margin, meaning they force turnovers and they don't cough it up. Uh, they're number 10 in turnovers lost, too. So that's what helps them be number eight in turnover margin. Then Kansas, a couple of things that jump off the page. They're number three in third down conversions, number six in tackles for loss, and number seven in completion percentage. So some offense defense right yeah. there. Yeah, and, and that's a, that's a, uh, there's a couple of things that stand out. You want to go strength on strength? BYU is one of the best teams in the country in third down conversion defense. Um, and they were phenomenal against Arkansas this last week, as you already pointed out, right, Dave? Yeah. Um, two of 13 uh, for Arkansas in that game. Um, and Kansas is the best, like, one of the best in the country at converting on third down. That's strength against strength. I want to see who wins that battle. I'm watching that one. We always talk about you got to get off the field when you're on the defense, and you need to stay on the field when you're on offense. you got to convert third downs. And BYU's been much better on both sides of the ball on third down this season than they were, were a year ago. So that's a big one. Turnover margin is huge. We talked about it last week. Uh, BYU number eight in the country. Uh, Kansas is neutral. They've given it away as many times as they've taken it away. BYU's plus five. That, that will be a factor in this game. If BYU's plus in turnover margin, it's a huge advantage for them. Um, and then you mentioned all those tackles for loss. Kansas plays an aggressive style of defense. The middle of their defense, um, their safeties and their backers are really, really aggressive. Their leading tacklers, their safety, uh, 
uh, Kenny Logan, who's who's been phenomenal. He's had he's three straight se- or two straight seasons of over a hundred tackles, and he's leads his team again this year. And the, and then Grant, the other safety, they are really aggressive. They like to come up and support the run. And then Miller and Brown, their two backers, are also really aggressive. But there's some big plays to be made if you can run the football early. Get those guys to feel like they've got to be involved in playing downhill to the run game. Then that play-action game is there, and I believe there's some big plays to be made over the top. But you got to be able to run it early to be able to do that. Speaking of running, uh, Jerry's got a question here. I'd appreciate insight on our offensive line play. Uh, is there progress, and how would you grade them thus far? I, I will say this. They, they have protected Keaton Slovis pretty good. Yeah, they're one of the top teams in, 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 in giving up the fewest sacks in the country. So so in pass protection, I'm giving them an A. What about run? In, in run game, last game early in the game, BYU changed scheme a little bit, and I think it fits this talent a little bit better. So you saw early in the game, especially when BYU was running it effectively, um, they did more pulling of the offensive linemen and running downhill. So giving LJ Martin the ball and Deion Smith downhill, running toward the line of scrimmage rather than running parallel. Um Early in the season, they ran a lot of outside stretch, like some zone-type stuff where you run the defensive line along the line of scrimmage and create seams. This offensive line seems to be better at pulling and turning up and kicking out and doubling down. And we saw some of that in this last game against Arkansas, and they were able to get some, open up some good holes. So um, my answer is I, don't, I can't give them a run grade for the O-line yet because – I think schematically they made a, a little adjustment this last week. Yeah. And let's see now with another week of that under their belt if, if they can continue to be solid in the run game. I, I expect them to run the ball better against Kansas than they did against Arkansas. So that one's a working problem. I'm not giving them an A in run, run yet. We'll see where they're at next week. So, Jerry, bring us that question back. A couple of uh, news and notes. The flyover that is set for the game, Air, Air Force F-35s, they're grounded, I think, for another day here in the U.S. Uh, after they had that mishap with the jet that they found, uh, at least found the debris uh, back in South Carolina. So there, uh, an F-35 had mm-hmm. gone missing after the pilot jumped out. Um, so we expect the F-35s to be back up in the air. And that would be cool because Major Kyle Baller Benham, a 2012 BYU graduate, is leading the flyover uh, over at Memorial Stadium. So Ballers is call sign, right? Ballers is call sign. Yeah. So Cougar fans there look up, and you got a Cougar leading the Jets coming across. And there was a flyover at uh, Arkansas, too. There's nothing better than a flyover before a football game oh. to say, hey, this, is, uh, still, this like, is a little different. When I was playing, it would give me kind of goosebumps. When I'm calling a game, it gives me goosebumps. When I'm watching a game, it gives me goosebumps. When I see those Jets fly over, it... It means it's a big game. Oh, yeah. BYU's going to wear uh, the all-white unis. DJ's going to put that up and show you. I, I love this look. Yeah. And um, this is how they're going to roll out on ESPN on Saturday afternoon. All-white with some blue royal trim. And is it silver face mask this week? I think it is, right? Looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really clean look on the road. So. They, uh, they look never faster. Worn they look this. faster in all white with silver face masks. So they've worn the whites before, but with those face masks, it makes it unique. So this yep. will be the first time we see this uh, uh, combination on Saturday. Um, David Booth Memorial Stadium, by the way, today announced officially sold out. Yeah, Forty-seven thousand. It's, it's one of the oldest continuous use stadiums in in the United States. I think it's the fourth. 
And their athletic director, remember we were talking about last week, had said uh, there's going to be a lot of BYU fans at the game. It was encouraging his guys to buy tickets. So it's sold out, and BYU has helped sell that thing out. They, yeah. They, oh, yeah. There's going to be a very strong contingent. I thought the BYU crowd at the Arkansas game was awesome considering uh, it was on the road. It's in the SEC. Tickets aren't cheap. But by the time that fourth quarter played out and then the team went over to sing the anthem, that whole end section had filled yes, in with great. royal blue in those in that red stadium, and it just looks spectacular. It's it's funny. Last night I said to Brenda, I was doing some work on Kansas and doing the scouting report and all that for all the shows we have this week, and and I said to Brenda, um, "Who's your favorite Kansas player of all time?" She looked at me like, "Why would I know that?" And I go, "You you know? Come on, you know who's your favorite Kansas player of all time?" She goes, "I don't know," and I said, "Gail Sayers," and she goes. Oh, Brian Song. Yes. Gail Sayers is my favorite Kansas player of all time. This Kansas program has a great history. You know, we think of Kansas, we think of basketball, but it's they've been playing a football a long time. It's a historic stadium. It'll be a really fun place for BYU's fans and, uh, and for BYU's players to get a chance to play in front of 47,000. There's an interesting family matchup to keep an eye on. BYU receiver Darius Lassiter, who transferred in this last summer, is going to be uh, opposite as we anticipate, right. Kansas cornerback Quentin Lasseter, his brother. Yeah. How about that? And their dad, their late father, was a great player, and now the two sons get to go head-to-head on national TV. I don't know how many times they'll be matched up, but Darius is number five for BYU. We'll have to, I don't know what the uh, Quentin's number is for Kansas, but as we're watching that game, um, that's the... That's the uh, That'll, that'll be a fun matchup to, to look at. Brother against brother. Yeah, in that's, the Big a, that, 12. that's always fun. That's always fun. I was just looking up Quentin to see what his number is. It looks like he's wearing, is it six or eight? He wears eight. So it's number, number five against number eight? Yep, number eight. So when you, see, when you see five out there at wide receiver and eight from Kansas up covering them, that's brother covering brother. That'll be fun. In just a bit, we're going to visit with Judge Brookton Blood. She's helping oversee the alumni events around the game uh, there in Kansas. And uh, Jayhawk radio analyst uh, David Lawrence is going to join us here in just a second. He's in the process of hooking up with us with the technology, and then we'll talk to him about, about these Jayhawks. Um, it was an interesting week in the Big 12. There were some games that Big 12 teams lost that had us shaking our heads. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now, for the most part, we're into conference play. Right. I mean, there's a couple teams playing out of conference this week, and we'll get to it a bit later on. We may just jump into it right now for a moment. But, uh, but we're just about there into where it's all Big 12 all the time. Yeah, and, and it gets fun now. But there's, like, we thought Kansas State – Coming back, they're defending conference. You know, they won the conference championship game, and they had enough coming back that, that we all just thought that they were relatively uh, uh, not unbeatable, but should be pretty dominant. And, and then they just go, they go out and lose last week and surprise us all. And so I'm interested to see what their bounce back is like this week. So, And they've, they've got to play Central Florida on Saturday. And Central Florida's a team who's looking amazing on offense. Yeah. Like they're just putting up points like the like the good old days a few years ago when you thought of, when you thought of Central Florida you thought of fifty points scored right, 
And that's kind of how this offense has looked. So, so Kansas State licking their wounds a little bit, coming back in a game where they're one of the favorites to win this league, and they start league play against Central Florida, who's feeling pretty good about themselves and feeling really good about the way they're playing offensive football. How about Iowa State? Ohio beats them 10-7. to 10-7 to in Ames. Cincinnati at home gets beat by Miami of Ohio 31-24 in overtime. Yeah, Mid-American Conference back there. A tough conference, and that's it's kind of a regional rival back there. Cincinnati's right in the hotbed of Mid-American. South Alabama goes into Stillwater, beats Oklahoma State 33-7. to yeah, BYU's going into Stillwater something's up with Oklahoma Thanksgiving State weekend right now. And so T- Oklahoma State's not supposed to lose South Alabama. No. No, and let alone get destroyed right. by South Alabama. Right. And then TCU is the first place team in the Big 12. There's just been one conference game. They right. beat Houston 36 to 13. And I'm not sure where Houston is right now. Yeah. I well, mean, they're all over the and place. TCU and Houston, now, since they did play that first league game, they're both out of conference this week. Everybody else is in conference this week. So here's what's coming up uh, Friday night, number 18, Oklahoma's at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's at Iowa State. So those are the two Friday games. Then we shift to Saturday, BYU-Kansas, 1.30 Mountain Time on ESPN. Number three, Texas is going to Waco. Baylor's got nothing. I'm not sure what happened to them. They yeah. have got nothing to offer. Utah went in there, and, and Utah didn't have a lot of offense going. And, and with Baylor's backup quarterback situation, um, yeah, that was really surprising. They won last week. I think they beat uh, Long Island, which I thought was a beverage, but apparently it's also a football team. And then Long uh, Island iced tea. Yeah, yeah, and then Central Florida is at Kansas State. Right. That's the one we just talked about. And then Texas Tech's at West Virginia. Hey, TCU West, West and Houston Virginia had a nice win this last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a big rivalry with Pittsburgh, you know, Western Pennsylvania versus West Virginia. They recruit kind of from the same spots. They're... They're tough blue-collar towns. And uh, and West Virginia, who everybody picked at the bottom of the league, uh, had a nice win over Pitt this last week. So Texas Tech, who's one of the favorites in the league this year, that, that's that's another one I'm really watching to see. Is West Virginia better than we thought? And is Texas Tech not as good as we thought? So here's what a lot of folks have been thinking about. is BYU's 3-0. and And now it's like, okay, Kansas, and then Cincinnati's at home, and and uh, there's plenty of folks that go, okay, that could be 5-0. and That could be 5-0. Yeah, or 4-1 hey, at worst. I'm and, telling you, there's a chance. And then all of a sudden, you look and go, Iowa State is a mess at the moment. Uh, they're coming to Provo. Uh, it, Oklahoma State's a mess at the moment. That's at the end of the season. TCU is hot and cold. And then all of a sudden, this, um, this chance to be in the upper echelon of the league. I'm not saying win it. Uh, but the upper echelon of top four, you're going to a serious bowl game. And, and it's so much football to play, but after three games, that's what a lot of folks are thinking. Yeah, well, and hey, we're all going to admit that Texas looks invincible, right? We thought they would be, when you just look at the talent on the field, they're in a category by themselves. So unless they... Texas is only going to get beaten in this league if they beat themselves, right? If they have turnovers and penalties and play sloppy. If they show up and play to their potential every week, they have so much more talent than anybody in the league, they should win this league this year, right? I think Steve, so. Steve Sarkeesian's got, got this team really, really rolling. Oklahoma early on, you know, I, I know it's still early, but they're looking like they have that confidence back offensively like the old days. The, the confidence they were lacking last year. And so I think I think they can be formidable this year as well. I, I'm not I don't know if they're back back like Oklahoma top ten back, 
But they certainly look like they're back on offense. And Brett Venables is a defensive coach, so you would think they would get better every week defensively. Wouldn't it be something if Cincinnati could rise up and yeah. beat them Friday night? Well, and we're, we're, we're going to see. But outside of those two teams, everybody else in the league looks like any week can be anybody's game to me. And, uh, and I thought Kansas State was going to look better than they've looked. So, yeah, the game I'm looking at most this week is Central Florida against Kansas State. Newcomer in the league versus Kansas State. Defending league champs um, who haven't been as dominant as we expected here in the preseason. Yeah, that is for sure. Uh, a couple of uh, Cougar notes in the NFL. Um, Puka Nakua, by the way, uh, became the first player in NFL history to have 10 receptions and 100 yards in each of his first two career games. Uh, Sunday against the 49ers, and Fred Warner back there causing trouble. He caught 15 passes for 147 yards. I mean, Puka... Uh, this is what a healthy Puka is he, can is do. Is he the leading receiver in the league, period? He's got to be up there. He's I, waiting I kept, to get, He's still not in the end zone yet, kept, but he's getting yards. I kept looking to see, does anybody in the league have more receptions? Maybe somebody on the like chat 25? can look it up for us. Anyone have more than 25? Yeah, does anybody, have, does anybody have more receptions than Puka in the National Football League right now? I don't think they do. If they do, you'd think we would have heard about it. So anybody that can help us out, help us out. So. Andy Reid? Picked up his 270th win last weekend. Uh, he's now tied at number four with the legendary Tom Landry for the most wins in NFL history. That's number four, and this week he can move to number four all by himself. Yeah. How incredible is that, what Andy Reid has done? And how much fun was it to watch Taysom Hill last <laughs> night? He rushed nine times for 75 yards. The Saints have got no idea how to use him. Lost Jamal, and I lost my fantasy game because Jamal hurt his hamstring. We wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. But Taysom uh, was running through there like um, they had no answer for him. Get the snap, look for a hole, and boom. Yep. And uh, it was good to see him running healthy and oh, making a contribution. He's so the Saints won it. What's crazy to me is that Taysom is a freak among freaks. Like, he was a freak in college. We saw that against Texas down there. A couple, well, a couple of times against Texas, once yeah. up here. But we saw like how big and strong and fast he was compared to everybody. And you just think, does that translate to the NFL where everybody's kind of a freak? He's a freak in that league, which really tells you something, right? Yeah. So it he's, sure does. he's having a great, a, a great. Uh, that was a great game the other night. So hey, Les uh, Naminga um, pointed out that he's, he wants to give a shout out to Josh Hewitt um, and his crew. The, the equipment manager at BYU. Is, is, it, is it equipment manager appreciation week? I guess it is. Ones that make those unis look awesome. Um, so there you go. So No You uh, comes in and says, Puka is one in receptions and targets and two in yards. So how about that? He just didn't just set a record for rookies. He leads the league in receptions right now. And when, when Cooper Cup comes back, Puka's going to get more open. Because Cooper Cup's going to get a double team, yeah, double coverage, and then and then Puka should be able to just keep doing his thing. Puka's on a Pro Bowl tear right now. So, yeah. hey, and, and Les, thanks, thanks for the shout out to Josh. Um, so, so folks that don't know, Les's son Joseph is on staff at BYU, and he's part of that uh, of the of the management group that supports the team and and does all of that. I see Joseph all the time. He's a great, great young man, and he's doing he's doing the manager thing. With the team has been doing it the last couple of years, but um, also like Les, a very gifted artist. So Les has some ties, and Les has some inside stuff that he gets from practice too. Good. So anytime you want to share inside stuff with us, Les, you're well, you're allowed to do it in the chat. By the way, 
Fred Warner and the 49ers are um, back in action Thursday night against the Giants. And then let's look at Sunday. We're having a little technical difficulties with David uh, Lawrence out of Lawrence, uh, Kansas. We're still working on that. We're going to try to bring him in to the wise guys. On Sunday, Sione Taki Taki and the Browns host the Titans. Right. Tyler Algier and the Falcons are at the Lions. Atlanta's still trying to figure out how to work their running back yeah, how tandem. Do you, how do you, they, they did a great job in week one. Because they kind of split time and they're both really effective, but how how are they going to do that in the long know. term? I don't know. So uh, a Taysom Hill and the Saints and, and would be Jamal Williams, but he's going to be out Jamal's going to be out at the Packers this week on Sunday. Chris Brooks, the Dolphins hosting the Broncos. I haven't seen Brooks in, uh, and the Dolphins are playing really good football. Right. Uh, Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, Tonga getting action on the defensive line. The Vikings yeah. host the Chargers and uh, Michael Davis. Yeah, and the Patriots at the Jets. Zach Wilson, you know, it, Zach faced. Arguably the best defense in the National Football League this last week with the Cowboys. And he managed the game pretty well, and he had a couple of um, throws that he forced in at the end of the game. He's got to get an offensive line, and they're not going to get one because this is what they got. He's running for his life. They've got skill guys on the outside, but the line does not protect. And Aaron Rodgers figured that out, they got a great running back, and and he can't get through. Um, I hope they do better going home to play the Patriots. Yeah. Blake Freeland and the Colts are at the Ravens, and then Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Reid going for win number 271. They got the Bears coming to Arrowhead. And look who's on Monday night football. Oh, yeah, the Rams and Puka. <laughs> Puka gets at, to be at, on Monday at, night. At the Bengals, going, to, going against the Bengals with um, – That'll be on ESPN. Yeah, and the Bengals with Joe Burrows at quarterback, always a – Fun team to watch. That's a fun, that's a fun Monday night game. The Rams and the Bengals. And you know he's going to get the a Bengals lot of aren't targets. the Bungles anymore. We used to call them the Bungles when I was growing up because they were so bad. No, they're the new. Uh, they're the except. You know, Joe Burrow has looked awful. He hasn't looked good this year. But when you skip all of training camp because he got hurt early, um, this is what you get. And yeah. he even when he was the first one to admit it a couple weeks ago, going, uh, I wasn't in training camp. So, you know, it's funny about practice. It, it requires practice to be sharp on the field. You can't yeah. just go, I'm Joe Burrow. I'm coming it, out it and I'm going to be awesome. You, you know, and, and some people, like, there's a parallel here. People have said to me, um, hey, Cody Upps came back and he didn't look that sharp. And how come Keanu hasn't been dominating like last year? Remember, those guys missed a bunch. And, and when, when you miss a bunch of practice and you haven't been able to practice, you're not going to be as sharp. And so now you're in a situation where the season's going. And Cody and Keanu are going to have to kind of play themselves back into game speed, game shape, game timing. And so, uh, yeah, the, the only reason that, that Cody and, and uh, Keanu haven't been more a part of this last couple weeks as they've been back playing is just not ready to go. The same reason Joey B is not playing well right now. It's going to take some time. We're going to bring David Lawrence on the show in just a little bit after we work out some technical challenges that we're having. He's the uh, football analyst at the Jayhawk Radio Network. So hang with us on that for uh, just a bit. It is our pleasure now to introduce uh, our guest. Uh, There's a whole lot going on in the Kansas area this weekend, certainly in Lawrence surrounding Saturday's game, and especially with the BYU Alumni Association. So it's our pleasure to welcome the BYU Alumni Chair there in the Midwest, helping to coordinate everything, Judge Brookton Blood. Uh, welcome to the Wise Guys. It's so good to have you with us. Good evening. Fun. Hi, hi. Hello from the Midwest. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. So, so your chapter back there, the Alumni Association, Judge, 
like what does it encompass? How much of the mid Midwest do you cover as the alumni okay. chair? There? So I'm actually the alumni chair for the Omaha region. Okay. And this tailgate is an effort for a lot of the Midwest regions. There's actually no alumni chapter in the Lawrence area. Uh, Wichita was just organized as an alumni chapter a week ago. Um, so they they haven't had any um, time to plan anything, but this is an effort. This tailgate effort represents people from um, Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, uh, Des Moines, St. Louis, Kansas City, and I think that's it. That's so a you know big those area. six chapters. What did you say? Just that's just it. That's that's, <laughs> that's a it, yeah. that's a big geographic area. That but that's just well, it. Well, you know, one thing that's so fun though is Midwest fans travel. Like we are in the middle of of America, and we kind of are close to everything but far from everything so we just travel so if it's within a day's drive the midwest will be there and i think you'll you'll see a lot of that you'll see a lot of us on on saturday how excited is everybody to have the cougars coming your way oh so excited we're so excited i mean it, for us in omaha it's three and a half hours away and we were thrilled when they announced it like we were you know we'd be we drive to toledo for games from omaha we had a lot of our fan or a lot of our local fans at the arkansas game so Midwest travels. That's awesome. How many BYU fans do you expect to be in that stadium? We know stadium seats 47,000. How many are going to be Cougar fans in that in that facility this Saturday? <laughs> well, I know that we've sold out of our ticket allotment. I know that BYU had their ticket allotment. But I know from as we were selling our tickets that a lot of people were buying them on the secondary market. And so I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think, I, I told my husband yesterday that I thought there'd be about 20,000 BYU fans. Oh my fans. goodness. Like half, really? I'm like, oh yeah, easy. Probably not 20,000, but <laughs> we think there might be. So. <laughs> well, I know folks are excited and there are a lot of activities. There's a fundraiser or a, or a, a service project around all these kind of games, yeah. not fundraiser. Uh, so tell us some of the details that, that fans heading that way can anticipate. Okay, uh, we're going to start the evening or the weekend off with a literacy night. Um, our Coops Care Service Project is with Lawrence Public Schools, their Native American student services. And um, we've been we are collecting books for them at the tailgate party. And we have an Amazon wish list and uh, the books have been and, and if people buy from the wish list, they go directly to Native American student services. And my my our partner there at um, at Lawrence Public Schools has been receiving shipments of books for the past two weeks. And um, we're going to kick off the weekend then with a literacy night um, on Friday at Billy Mills Middle School. This is for specifically for the Native American students in Lawrence, Kansas. And um, we're going to have Cosmo and the cheer squad there. Baby J is going to be there. Uh, we're going to have a hoop dancer doing a, a cultural dance pr uh, presentation. Uh, some athletes from Haskell Indian university are going to be there reading books to the kids uh so it, it's it's very it's our service project has been very much a collaborative effort between um departments in at university of kansas at byu and with lawrence public schools and even um, haskell so it, it's been a really fantastic opportunity to introduce ourselves and to show them what byu is about and, and what our fans are about with all the pub that uh that byu alumni got with the food donations over in Fayetteville, uh, and I'm sure you saw some of that. There's a lot of momentum for the team on the field, but for alumni to make a difference in these in these road venues. 
Absolutely. Uh, we, we saw a bump in tickets and a bump in donations after that win. So thank you, football team, for winning and getting everyone <laughs> excited. And thank you, fans, for, for uh, pitching in and, and making this a success already. Yeah, and BYU's getting a great reputation for these service projects everywhere they go. I, I, it's fantastic. What about on game day? What's going on on game day on Saturday? I'm, is there a tailgate okay, or things? Oh, yeah, there is a tailgate. So our tailgate, we have, like, the perfect – sequence of events for tailgate, I think, but our, our tailgate party starts at 1130 at Watson Park. Um, Watson Park is actually located right across the street from a parking garage that is a designated game day parking garage, and it's free parking. And outside of the parking garage, there's a shuttle that will take you to the game. Uh, so fans who have a ticket for the tailgate party uh, can come and get food. But if you don't have a ticket for the tailgate party, we still want you to come. Um, there's going to be plenty of activities. We'll have um, lots of people from uh, lots of departments from BYU who are going to be there. Lots of fans who are going to be there. The BYU store will be there with some, uh, an opportunity to purchase you know, the coolest BYU Big 12 gear. So we, we would love, we, we've made it very easy for all of the fans from BYU who are going to be in town uh, to make, to stop by the tailgate, even if you didn't purchase a ticket. And again, I want to reiterate that we want to see you there. So look for the Royal shirts. That's right. Assembling in mass. Well, look for the blue, the BYU Royal shirts. Yeah. I don't know what the Kansas fans are going to be wearing, but yeah, we'll be, again, it's Watson Park at 1130. We'll be going till about 130. Please come. That's good stuff. Hey, hey, Judge, did you ever think in your wildest imagination that BYU'd be in the Big 12 at some point, closer to where you are and where all these Midwestern fans are? Never. I mean, it, from Nebraska, I would have hoped the Big 10, but yeah. Big 12, when they announced Big 12, we were, my my family, we a lot of us live here in Nebraska. We were born and raised here and just were, were thrilled because, like I said, we we travel to go to these away games and the idea of having them in Iowa, in Kansas, in Oklahoma, like we'll, we'll go, we'll go easy. That's awesome. What, uh, let's talk football now. Um, okay. What, uh, what's the keys to victory on Saturday? Well, my husband said that Slovis has to get the ball to Rex. You know, just, just get the ball, use, use the runners, get it to Martin. I mean, I think we've seen, We've seen the players that we can rely on and let's rely on them and um, let everyone step up. The fans are going to be there for them. And also we, we were telling my kids too, that the fans in Kansas are going to be a big part of, of, of the team, just cheering the team to victory and uh, giving the Kansas fan or the Kansas players a dose of what it's like to play in Provo. Oh, it's, I'm telling you, there's something yeah. about the energy that you can get when you're on the road and you're and your fans are having a stadium takeover and there's something very demoralizing when you're the home team and something bad happens or something good happens for your opponent and you you actually can feel it and hear it <laughs> and the stadium's like what is going on here are we not at home right now so yeah. so the fans ha the fans have a big impact that'll be great uh, yeah so she says maybe 20,000 that but I, I, I mean, really, I could be off. I could be off. Hey, don't quote we, me on that. Or quote me on it. I don't care. No, we, <laughs> we, we'd take 10,000, and that would be great. And, and 10,000 would absolutely be heard. That would be really fun. Judge, we've got uh, we've got five questions for you uh, that, okay. we, that we ask everyone who comes on our show. 
and uh, and then we'll let you get on with your night. We so appreciate you stopping in with us. But before Blaine starts with the first one, we got to ask because uh, because we're alums and we're we're proud of what everyone does. But if I'm in some trouble and I come into your courtroom and I look at I got to face Judge Blood, which I think is an awesome name for a judge. <laughs> do I even have a chance? What 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 kind of response have you gotten from people going what? I got to go see Judge Blood. Well, it, it is an intimidating name. I give you that. Um, you know, if you come before me in court, you just better be prepared. Oh, and that's what she tells. That's what she. That's what she tells. So, so where did Judge? Where did you? Did you do law school at BYU as well? I did. I graduated in two thousand and eight. I come from a family of lawyers and a family of judges. So, really? oh, it's the family business. Yeah, that's it. I, and I don't. Th- I have. I have an attorney in the family, but my. Mine, uh, my son went to the University of Virginia to law school. Okay. And, so. and my family practices tribal law and in the tribal courts. So chances are you may not make it to our tribal court. And if you did, then you've probably done something pretty bad. So yeah, d- d- if you're, if, if you're in tribal court, you are a big trouble dude facing. Well, no, and, that, and that's only because my jurist, my, my authority is is limited so <laughs> uh well we're proud of you yeah I think it's very fantastic. much and by, by the way les namanga who who is down in uh, santa fe he's been making a lot of a lot of comments while you've been on and mentioned some of the great things that are going on and uh, uh and talks about how big 12 country there's a lot of native american nations in big 12 country and how excited he yeah. is no big 12 country is indian country yeah yeah. And so that that was one of the reasons why we wanted to pick this, like why I wanted to pick the service project. I, I wanted to help because I wanted a seat at the table. And if I was going to have a seat at the table, I wanted to be an advocate for the tribal communities and tribal members that are in Big 12 country. So I was happy to to fa- help facilitate the service project. All of the books on our wish list for the service project um, feature indigenous themes and indigenous characters because we really want the students that are receiving these books to see themselves in the literature. Um, so that's how come we've got that wish list that we're pushing. Very, very cool. List. And that stays long after the football team leaves. And so what a yep. great weekend yep. to jump yeah, on that can, opportunity. Th- thanks for that. Les says thanks for that. By the way, Les is a world-famous Native American artist based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's a huge Cougar fan. So I hope I get to meet him one day. Yep, that'd yeah. be really cool. Maybe hey. in Kansas. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's right. Let's get to the game, would you? All right, five questions. Here we go, Judge. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Your favorite sports movie? A League of Their Own. Oh, wow. With Madonna in it. Well, Gina Davis, yeah. Oh, yeah, I Gina like the Davis. High ones. <laughs> yep, there you go. Tom Hanks was the coach, right? Wasn't he the right. coach? Yeah, oh, he was phenomenal. Yeah. He was okay. phenomenal. So, um, favorite singer or band? Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Hey, were you at, at Stadium of Fire when she performed a few years back? No, because I live in Omaha. No, that's uh, her, her performances where she does the song medallies at the American Music Awards are nuts. Like, I can't, no, she, she's I cannot amazing. believe how talented she is. So. She's amazing. She's my favorite. So, okay. hey, and by the way, Les says one other thing to you. He loves your earrings, by the way. Yes, representing. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so, favorite breakfast cereal? Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Yes, I love it. I'm What's lucky- the point of breakfast if you can't have Lucky Charms? Exactly. So, so, I tell people this, I think I'm crazy, but if I have Lucky Charms, I eat all the oats part first, or whatever that yes. stuff is, yes. and I save the charms for like three really good charms bites at the end. The best for last. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, your favorite ice cream? My favorite is Graham Canyon. Every time I go to Provo, I have to stop at the creamery for a scoop of Graham Canyon. Very popular Canyon. over there. Nothing like it anywhere else. Graham Canyon. Excellent. All right, here's the last this, one. This is the big one. Your favorite BYU memory? Hands down, uh, the BYU-Nebraska game. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Dave and yeah. I were there. I'm sure you were there. Where were you sitting? Well, we were actually right behind you. Um, at the time, one of my law school classmates was a coach, Coach Atuaya. And yeah, he, Marky. He, uh, he, he gave my family like that entire front row of tickets. And so we were right there for the catch. We were there with all um, seven of my brothers and sisters, my dad. And my mom. That's and it was great. Amazing. That's fantastic. That what a so moment. Cool. The best part, though, was we had this sign. I don't even remember what it said, but it was a sign that kept being shown on the camera. And someone paid, someone asked their their friend there to go talk to us about paying us $20 to take the sign down because they hated it so much. <laughs> it was something like hashtag moo. I don't know, but we're trying to recreate a sign for Kansas. So. That's, oh, yeah. that's great. Hey, one, one thing that we noted when, when Dave and I were there, um, the Nebraska fans are great fans. We so wish they were still in the big 12, like the old days with Oklahoma as a big rival, but, but uh, they, they were very gracious. They were f- phenomenally good hosts. Um, and we said, hey, we could take a lesson from Nebraska. I think BYU are great hosts as well. Right. We noticed that at Notre Dame. When, when somebody's a great host, you notice, and, and kudos to Nebraska and the, and the people in Nebraska for how You know what they call Nebraska they fans, like their attitude? It's called Nebraska nice. Yep. Nebraska nice. Well, we, we, we it's, def- got, it's got a term, Nebraska nice. So. We definitely experienced that. And what was fun was Arkansas's fans – this week, we were talking about it earlier before you came on, Judge. They felt like they had a debt of gratitude to pay back to BYU because they felt they were treated Provo nice when they were in Provo okay. last year, and uh, and so they wanted to return that favor. And we've had nothing but uh, um, great feedback on how BYU fans were treated at Arkansas in return for how they were treated on the road last year. Amazing, and I hope that all the fans that go down to Kansas know that when Kansas comes to Provo, that they'll get that same treatment and, and BYU fans will reciprocate there in Provo. So go Cougs. Hey so judge, excited. is there a website uh, that we can pass along where folks who aren't going to the game can still make a contribution to the, to the cause? Yes. If you go to the BYU tailgate page, you just do a Google search for away game tailgates and click on the Kansas link at the very bottom. It'll have our, Amazon wish list, and again, those will all of those books will be shipped directly to Lawrence Public or Lawrence Public School Student Services Native Americans. Fantastic! Great One stuff. of our great Native alumni, Judge Brooklyn Blood, uh, helping to oversee alumni events ahead of the Big Twelve opener Saturday at Kansas. Judge, thank you. Enjoy Thanks the game, and uh, we look forward to crossing paths again down the line. Oh, I hope so. We'll see you soon. Go Cougs! All right. How about that? That's our first judge on the show. Yes, it is. You know, it's always good to have friends who are judges. Yes, it is. That's, that's a true <laughs> statement. That is a true statement. So what a big, massive project that uh, they're getting ready for uh, in Lawrence. DJ, I'm looking right at you. Are we ready for, for a David? And, and, and by the way, um, Jack just put up the link to be able to go look at that tailgate, to get tickets to the tailgate, to, to get the book. All of that stuff that we just talked about is up in the chat for you to, to tap into. Our next guest tonight has been in the booth analyzing Kansas football games since 2006 and a sideline reporter before that. He's a former Jayhawk offensive lineman, current ninth grade teacher at Free State High School. Our pleasure to welcome David Lawrence to the Wise Guys. I know we had to jump through some technological hoops, but David, thanks for being with us. Hey, it's my pleasure. I apologize. A little uh, technical issues, but it's great to be on with you guys. We can hear you. We can't see you, but we're happy that we can hear you. Um, and and if you hit that camera button, we should be able to see you. But in the meantime, yeah, is the can DJ? You think the camera's muted? 
Okay. Okay. We should, be, we should be good now. All right. So, David, you've been a player, a coach, and for a long time a broadcaster. Which one's been the most fun? <laughs> there you are. Hey, there good he evening. Is. A long time ago, I was told I had to choose between being a coach or a radio person. And so I just decided I was going to do it my way. And I, I coached to freshmen for about 30 years, and I was a broadcaster. And the freshmen played on Thursday, so it allowed me to travel uh, with the Jayhawks. Uh, I went to Hawaii and watched them play against BYU just a few years back so that's right I've been around a while it's been it's been it's been a great career I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate were you on the call for that Aloha Bowl or were you just there as a, a tourist cheering for Kansas as an alum I, I was on the sideline actually a sideline uh, analyst so uh, 1992 yeah uh, do you guys know uh, what happened on the first play yeah a 94 yard kickoff return right well done. Well done. I was oh. just looking at it earlier today. Yeah, Dave was just looking at it. But we've been around, we've been around a long time. Dave and I have been at this uh, covering BYU for more than 30 years together. So well, lot, can you a believe lot of cool memories. It's been all these years from your covering the game there in Honolulu to covering the game Saturday with the Cougars coming to Lawrence. Yeah, and interesting, uh, the name Lassiter jumps out because – the late Kwame Lasseter was the defensive star of the game for Kansas. And now each team boasts of Lasseter that uh, are fine players that will actually be going at each other. So, Yeah, imagine uh, that. Brother brother playing against his brother, a, a corner and a, and a wide receiver. We're, we're looking forward to eight and five matching up against each other in that game. That will be fun to watch. Uh, hey, speaking of fun, David, how enjoyable has it been to watch Jalen Daniels play quarterback? there at Kansas this, this last year and this year? He's pretty special. Um, no doubt about that. We, you know, we, we want to keep him healthy. You know, we, we missed him. Uh, we, we had him for about four and a half games last year. Then he got hurt, tried to come back. Um, I don't think he was a hundred percent, maybe until the bowl game, but uh, he's, he's at his best right now. He, he's a lot of fun. He's, I call him the magic man. He's certainly, has a live arm. He's uh, very athletic. Uh, he escapes pressure, and he can, you know, run and looking down the field and finding open receivers. So he, he can do it all. Um, probably didn't play as well last week. I don't think as a team we played quite as well as we did against Illinois. But to, to answer your question, he's been a blast. From Lawndale, California, he was found out there by an analyst under Coach Miles, and uh, we knew we had something special as soon as he arrived. How, how difficult is he to defend? And, and is there one part of his game that, that, as you've watched him, you feel like, man, this is the most difficult thing for defenses to deal with when they're facing when they're facing Jalen Daniels? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think when he steps up into the pocket, uh, he's he's so deadly because. He, he does a good job of looking downfield while he runs and he's got a really strong arm. Uh, he can, he can, you know, shoot fadeaways, you know, he can be running out, be pressured, being backpedaling, throwing off of his back foot and, uh, and still get a lot on the ball. So he's got a really strong arm, but, you know, having said that good defense takes care of a lot of those things. So we know that we'll be facing a really good defense, but Jalen Daniels, is, is a really good player for us, and uh, uh, 
we hope to keep him healthy and protected. But, you know, he, like a lot of great athletic quarterbacks, he's very good at making the first guy miss. And uh, what really is bad is when he has two guys coming at him because that's (laughs) that's very difficult. But he, he does make a lot of people miss. But I know you have some special defensive ends that are causing havoc for opposing quarterbacks. So it's going to be a great challenge for Kansas. Football analyst David Lawrence of the Jayhawk Radio Network on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. BYU opens Big 12 play at Kansas on Saturday. I'm not sure if Kansas has ever had the all-Big 12 preseason first-team quarterback and running back on the same list going into the same season. But Devin Neal's another exciting player. What makes him so special? He continues to improve. And, and, you know, that's the mantra for every strength coach, uh, every head football coach, you know, everyone buying in, everyone getting a little bit better. He's a local product from Lawrence High School. And uh, he was good when he got here, but he's faster now. His vision's better. Um, I mean, just tremendous improvement from last year to this year. And he was good last year. But um, we got to keep him healthy as well. We also, I mean, I, I like to boast we've got several running backs, but Daniel Hyshaw is, uh, is a guy that is very difficult to bring down. He, I wouldn't say a short yardage guy, but he likes to run into people, maybe to a fault because he's fumbled a couple of times trying to run people over. But but Neil and Hyshaw, then we have another guy, number 12, Torrey Lachlan, that is a great receiver uh, that, that you, I'm sure your coaches know about. Yes. I think they'll try to get him out of the backfield or in the slot. So it's a it's an interesting offense. I think what makes it maybe unique, uh, and I asked our coordinator, Andy Kotonicki, this. You know, uh, I said, Coach, everyone's got imagination, creativity. We can, we can design crazy stuff. But what happens usually to most teams that do that, they have false starts and motion penalties and, and out of alignment and – lineman in the backfield type of stuff for the most part uh th- these guys are are not making mistakes when they're you know we, we've we've ran uh, offensive linemen out wide uh we've had huge splits to tight splits i uh, just uh, just a lot of eye candy for defenses to look over and then shifts uh so there's just a lot of things going on which i i get it you know there's we're not the only program to do that but uh he, he does a good job of just showing a, a lot of stuff to the defense at pre-snap. And, and this, this Kansas team has so many weapons, Dave. David, they, they have 10 returning starters coming back, plus the depth that you've just mentioned. It's the number one t- team in terms of offensive production returning in the NCAA. And I go down, I'm just looking. I'm looking at Arnold and Grimm and Skinner. All these guys that are outside, uh, you know, the big tight end and, and Fairchild, these guys have played a lot of snaps together. If this team can stay healthy and 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 be better than they were last year on defense, because they got seven returning starters on defense, where can this team go this season in, in the Big 12? What's the expectation there in Lawrence for, for what this team might be able to accomplish this year? Well, I, I've got the new mantra for all the Big 12 teams next year, and that is, why not us, right? I mean, right, right now, the, the Big 12... Uh, Oklahoma and Texas are maybe an exception, but they will be leaving, of course, next year. But 
how many Big 12 teams would be ranked somewhere between 20 and 45 nationally. And and everyone's going to be feeling as they should that, you know, why not us? Why, why not BYU? Why not Kansas win a Big 12 conference title and be a part of the big show? So, yeah, certainly – that that's that's going through the heads of our guys, uh, and you mentioned the defense that the the offense has started well, but quite frankly, because of what you had mentioned, everyone returning and and Jalen Daniels, uh, that doesn't really surprise me a lot. It, it's the defense. I mean, right now we're number one in the country at uh, havoc plays on defense. That's that's combining tackles for a loss, um, quarterback pressures, turnovers, sacks. Um, uh, passes defended in the secondary. When you put all those together right now, uh, early in, I mean, they're, they're ranked number one. So, you know, we, we were about 125 last year. So, uh, granted, you know, it's just a small sample size, but uh, I really uh, am pleased at what our defense is doing. Uh, we're, we're getting much better play at linebacker, which has kind of been a a weakness of ours in, in previous years. We don't, we lost some starters, but the guys playing behind them that do return are probably playing better than the starters of a year ago. And, and our secondary really does have some pretty special corners, including the aforementioned Quentin Lasseter, but preseason all conference, Kobe Bryant and Melo Dotson. Uh, so, I mean, it's, yeah, that that second that problem. that secondary is a pretty is a pretty good group, right, David? I, I I think about Kenny Logan there, that has been a tackling machine for his whole career there. Um, what what should BYU expect as they try to go at that that defensive secondary and throw the football down the field? Well, the big key is 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 just uh, Slovis having time. Um, Illinois was a big game for us, right? I mean, big yeah. ten teams draw the attention. Their their defense and uh, offense had had posted some really good numbers, and 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 our defense really made it difficult uh, for their quarterback to to have any time back in the pocket. And because of that, you know, that obviously makes the secondary better. Um, we didn't have as much success with that last week. Uh, I think in part because Nevada got the ball out so quickly. Uh, but you you also have a tremendous quarterback that's got a, a live arm, and I'm sure that's something they're working on is getting the ball out soon and uh, not taking sacks because that's that's something that worked really well for for these guys. And and yeah, I, I think we have a couple of guys, in, including uh, Quentin Lasseter, that can cover in space and 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 man up. So we we will try to pressure like everyone. I, I wouldn't say that. We really hold our hat on that. Uh, J.B. Brown and Austin Booker, uh, two transfers, uh, ha- have really been impactful. And, you know, you, you, you don't know exactly what you get with transfers, but these guys have really proven to be pretty special out there. And uh, and Jeremy Robinson and Hayden Hatcher, our defensive ends, are pretty good as well. So, you know, just seeing wh- which team puts the most pressure on the opposing quarterback, right? I mean, that's... I mean, Slovis doesn't like to run maybe as much as J.D., but he can run. I mean, I saw him. He ran for a, a huge first down yeah. um, in, in the first half against Arkansas. So it's not like he can't run it. And, you know, there, there was talk by our paper about, you know, quarterbacks 
really hurting us running the football. So it would be interesting to see if, if they take him out of his comfort zone to use him more because he does have the speed uh, because you know, quarterbacks are tough, you know, coming out of the backfield, quarterback draws and those kinds of things. David Lawrence of the Jayhawk Radio Network here with us for a few more questions tonight on the Wise Guys. What did you make of BYU's performance at Arkansas? Did it surprise you? I, I, no, I wouldn't say surprise at all. Um, steady. I mean, it, it's a team that that blocks and tackles, right? And they, they do it uh, consistently for four quarters. They don't make mistakes. I thought solid offensive line play. Uh, defense that is just going to hound the quarterback, force them to make mistakes, and uh, didn't panic. I mean, just shows the size of a mature team that is going to hang in there, not be impacted by the crowd and 78,000 in Fayetteville, and they they just stood the test of time and waited for Arkansas to make a mistake, took advantage of it, and that's how good teams, why they're good, right? Because they they're steady, they're consistent, and they hang in there, and they're not bothered by um, things that pop up, go wrong early in the game, like uh, what what happened to you guys going down 14 points? I mean, there was just no panic. You guys just went about what, your game plan and executed and came back and won the game. I'm going to ask this next, this next question from, from a Jayhawks perspective. What, what do the Jayhawks have to do to have success. If you were to give us like two keys, the most important things that they could do well on Saturday to, to get them a victory, what would those be? Wow. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of boring, but obviously turnovers are, are impactful in every game. We, we actually forced five fumbles and had the ball thrown to us twice by Nevada. And we got zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's, I don't think that's a hustle stat. I think it's the ball being oblong and bounces funny, um, but but that that can't happen. I mean, you, you can't you can't lose a turnover b- battle, and then you know special teams really hasn't risen to the top for us, bad or good. But that has to be solid. But to, to answer your question, we got to pressure Slovis. Uh, we we got to put some pressure on him and not allow him to to sit back and in, in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. Um, you have a good offensive line. What one one of your tackles obviously is like the best in the country. So um, it, it's going to be difficult. But but I think that the quarterback that keeps the clean feet w- will be uh, really really important. Um, and being able to mix it up. I mean that's one thing that's been effective for us is is we can we can run and and pass and and, and just seeing how. How, how they, this stacks up because we haven't seen each other for a while, right? Yeah. You're just now coming into the league. I mean, uh, we really didn't know how we we're going to stack up against a Big Ten team a couple of weeks ago, but we found out we were quite a bit faster than Illinois, and that, that's a good thing. And We don't really know how speed-wise we're going to match up. So those are the kinds of things that we're going to see in the first quarter as the game unfolds. Just, you know, the talent matchup, uh, speed is always a big thing, and then course making mistakes the team that doesn't make mistakes is going to have a great chance to to win this game and it's it's going to be big for us you know the game is a sellout we historically haven't sold out a lot of games but this one um, this one will be sold out and I know you guys travel well and um, it should be an exciting college football atmosphere Blaine's going to hit you with five quick questions but before we get to that what 
What, and we're speaking with Cougar Nation tonight from all over the place and all over the, all over the world and the country. And, and, uh, and, and, and so th- this will be a, a good one. Uh, what, what's the game day experience like at KU? What can folks anticipate? Well, what's interesting, and, and I realize your, your gang probably won't, won't be driving out, but, but if they did drive across Kansas, you, you can see for about 20 miles, uh, all the way out because it's so flat, but, but actually Lawrence uh, is a, a little community of big hills. I mean, you, you feel like you're in a, uh, the Ozarks, which is over in Missouri. Um, Mount Oread is where we're founded upon and uh, people go up on the hill and they, they tailgate or they go down on Massachusetts street. Uh, Lawrence was founded by a group from um, Massachusetts that, wanted to abolish slavery and Kansas was, uh, Lawrence was established as uh, the town that uh, creates this anti-slavery sentiment in the state of Kansas to allow it to be a free state. And that's why we uh, had some run-ins with people from Missouri. So there's a lot of history there uh, with, you know, the abolishment of slavery and being a, a free state. So you'll see uh, our our best brewery being called Free State Brewery. Uh, there was a Free State High School I worked at as you introduced me. So um, uh, Massachusetts Street is a great place. It's a lot of culture there. And uh, the, the campus is nearby. I think it's a really pretty campus. The Hill and we, uh, the Memorial Stadium, David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium is at the base of the hill. They are starting some infrastructure things as maybe you've heard, uh, we're, we're gonna, completely rebuild the stadium right where it's at and about 300 million it will start wow. the at, at the end of our last game of the year so uh, we, we, we think it's we would never consider having the stadium anywhere else it fits perfectly at the bottom of the campanile hill yeah. and so that's kind of what makes us different. Uh, david i'm trying to remember what there's a phenomenal golf course in Lawrence that I've played before and I cannot remember the name. I'm losing it. Is it Alvamar? Yes, Alvamar. What a great golf course. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's actually called Jayhawk Golf Course now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's a that's a beautiful layout. Um Dave and I are big golf fans. So if we we're not coming out this week, we'll be in studio here in Provo. We're spending sending Spencer Linton out to be on the field and for our pre and post game shows. But uh, if I was out there I would be I'd be out at, at Jayhawk golf course now, right? Uh, and Dave and I yes. would get, we, we'd get eighteen in on, on that course if we could. So that's a beautiful place. Hey I'm glad we've got another Dave on the show. We we need more Daves <laughs> on the show. And so I'm glad to have you here. Blaine's going to hit you with five questions, which is going to reveal a whole lot about yeah, you. So I hope you're ready. The first thing that comes to your mind, David. So your favorite sports movie. Oh, wow. Man. Favorite sports movie. Uh, I, I would say the one, um, <laughs> my mind's going blank with, uh, uh, with Gail Sayers in it. Brian Song. Uh, Brian Song, because because Gail Sayers was a hero of mine growing up. And, uh, you know, I, I, w- I was in that generation that was probably, what, high school when that came out. So that, that, that you know, I know they did a remake. I don't think that was good. But Brian Song. You talk about the original one with James Caan and... 
Yes. Does it? Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. that. I could, I think it still makes me cry. If I watch it, it again, it makes me cry. cry. Yeah. So it's a great, that's a great one. How about your favorite singer or band? Mm. Well, growing up, there, there was actually a band called Kansas. Right. Oh, that yeah. It's all from Topeka, Kansas. So, so, so that, that, that's a, that's a big one. How long um, to the point of no return, right? And dust in the wind. Right. You're good. Very good. There dust we go. I could play uh, dust in the wind on the guitar still. So really? Oh yeah. Yeah. You. I was in a band back in the olden days. We did some Kansas. So, so yeah. is Kansas yeah. Yeah. the top Great. of your list? Kansas is it, right? Yes. I love it. That's a great one. That's a good How one. about your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, We only come with hard-hitting questions. Yeah, yeah, these are tough. Shredded wheat, shredded wheat. Wait, do you, do you do the one that has the frosted, like the frosted shredded wheat, or plain old shredded wheat? Yeah, I, I do cheat. Yeah, I, I do the frosted. Yeah, yeah see, I knew it. Cheating. I could just tell. That's I could, it's not cheating. That's a, that's a good addition to the shredded wheat. Frosted shredded Pounds wheat. Some blueberries on it, make yourself feel better. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, because now you got you got fruit, and it's a, and it's very good in antioxidants. I'm with you. How about your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, German chocolate cake. Here's a German chocolate cake ice cream. Do, do you want to know what? Um, people always ask me what my favorite kind. Like, like, what would you want for your birthday cake? I love German chocolate. So, yeah, so Boston cream pie or yeah. German chocolate cake. Right. I'm always up for that. So that's a good one. Okay, how about your favorite Jayhawk memory? Mm, wow. Uh, for for me, I was uh, I was a captain on our team in 1981 and. Um, you know, for anyone that's been around here a long time, you're, the, the favorite memories are going to be about beating Missouri just because of our history. There. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to, to both sides, obviously. But uh, And we always play at the final game of the year. It used to be played on Thanksgiving. We don't play them currently, but that starts up again in 2025. But in, in 1981, we, we were a big underdog, and we needed to win that game to get to a bowl back in those days, there wasn't many bowl games right. like today. And we, we did pull it out. And, uh, another tradition, uh, in, in Lawrence at KU is there, there's, it's actually like a pond, uh, they call it Potter's Lake and it's right by the, uh, the stadium, you know, before, as you go down the hill, there's a big Campanile, uh, hill. Uh, there's some bells that ring on the hour. And when we score touchdowns, and then there's uh, the lake, and then there's the stadium. But um, in, in the past, uh, when it's a really big win, the, the students will tear down the goalposts and, and go throw it in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Did they do it on that 1981 win against Mizzou? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Into the yeah. lake. It, happened, uh, we, we went a long time before beating Nebraska. Uh, it happened then. And that was in the 90s. And it's, you know, it's happened a couple of times since. But, but you know, I mean, it's it's hard to decide, you know. Okay, what what when do we need to do that? Because we you have to feel like okay, um, like we, BYU would be a tremendous win. I mean, you're right on the cusp of, of the top twenty five, but you, you know do you, you can't really tear down the goalposts thinking because that would kind of say, hey, we weren't expecting you right, know to, right. to, to be good. Uh, so. You got to save that for really special times. And when and number one Texas yeah, comes yeah, when in, Texas or comes in, like you that. beat them, tear them down. I say. And by the <laughs> way, David, you and I have one. We have something very much in common. You you beat down those 
those Missouri Tigers in 81. And then I also, my team beat them down in 82. We beat them in 82. Wow. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, we played them in the bowl game, in the Holiday Bowl, uh, and, uh, and Steve Young um, handed off to Eddie Stinnett, and then Eddie Stinnett threw it back to Steve Young, and Steve Young ran it in a reception touchdown to win the game against Missouri in 82 in the Holiday Bowl. So and that's my old team. So you and I are in the, the same same vintage. So so you beat them in '81. We beat them in '82. I think we wow. I, I think we put those Missouri Tigers in their place between you and me. Put them in their place. There you go. Very good, David. Have a great call Saturday on the Jayhawk Radio Network. We hope to see you in Provo next season. We think you'll love it here. It'll be a great uh, it'll be a great visit. We hope for a great competitive game in front of a sold out crowd with a lot of energy on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And I do look forward to seeing you uh, out in Cougarland next year. Fantastic. Thank you so much, David. David Lawrence, Thanks, he played for the Jayhawks and he has announced games for the Jayhawks. And I, I, I think it's so cool. And maybe it might have slipped by at the start is he was a sideline reporter when BYU and Kansas first met at the Aloha Bowl in 1992. And the player of the game was Kwame Lasseter. And Saturday, the late Lassiter's two boys will play against each other. Uh, Kansas defensive back, BYU receiver, right. and and it all comes together. And, and uh, we thank David Lawrence for giving us that history lesson. And now uh, everyone's set for Lawrence, uh, as we've now heard from the voice of Lawrence, David Lawrence. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. Um, and, he, and he, I was surprised when I was out in Lawrence. I, I mentioned I played, went out and played that golf course. Cause, and he, he talked about what this were contrast. You lost? How did you get to Lawrence? No, no. My, my, one of my companies I used to work for was based in Casey Mo, um, Actually, KCK, Kansas City, Kansas. But we were, we were there. But we drove out to Lawrence just to play that golf course. And I was taken back by how hilly it is in that area. Because for, for the most part, Kansas is... Flat. You know, yeah, you can stand on a tuna can and see the back of your head in Kansas. Like you, you can sit on your front porch and watch your dog run away for three days in Kansas. So <laughs> is large, he really running away he, if you can see him for three days? Well, it's just so flat. He's, He's just, just going deep. He just keeps going. But but uh, but Lawrence is kind of hilly and pretty, and yeah, I think people will have a, a good experience there. It's our pleasure now to introduce Mark Comer of the Royal Blue Collective. He's been with us before, and he's back with us. NIL and college sports appears to be here to stay. And so anytime there's a development with NIL, we like to bring Mark on the show um, because he's knee deep in all of it, maybe waist deep, maybe shoulder deep. And uh, Mark, I know that uh, you've had to wait a little bit on the live stream. We apologize for that. But um, we had David Lawrence on from Kansas getting the painting the picture. And a lot of these guys that are going to go back there and try and win, certainly working with you in the Royal Blue Collective. First of all, good evening. Hey, it's uh, great to be here, and I enjoyed listening to that segment. So, no, no problem. I was, I was wondering. I'm thinking. I hope Mark can actually hear and kind of get this preview for for Kansas from their, you know, from their radio guy. Because I wasn't sure if you're in the kind of a, you're, like it's the waiting room, electronic green room that you were in, right? <laughs> yes, I was in the waiting room, but had it on my phone because I wanted to wanted to hear what he was going to say. I was uh, very interested. Yeah, I'm glad that we didn't just have you sitting there and doing nothing. We apologize. <laughs> we had some technical nope. difficulties, and we're just catching up. So, Hey, the big news no with NIL and the Royal Blue Collective is this mentoring program for the football team. Uh, tell us what that is and how it's working. It, it's working great. 
And, and it really is a vision that Kalani has had for, you know, for years where he really wanted um, every, every member on the roster, one through 123, to, to be taken care of at some level and be given the opportunities uh, that, that you should be able to take advantage of while you're an athlete at BYU, right? Being mentored, uh, being plugged into different networks and different things that, that are really going to be helpful for these athletes to put together their plan B. Of course, for most of them, plan A is to get paid to play professionally and, and about 1.6% will. And so this, this is something that we've been working on for a long time and a lot of really great people and companies came together to, to make this happen. So how does this differentiate BYU in the NIL game? You know, Kalani's always said, hey, we're not just going to – if it just becomes a dollar arms race, we're not going to compete. And he hoped that it would become that. So how does this differentiate BYU, and how does this fit in now to the recruiting message that Kalani and his staff and, and what you can be part of take to families and, and potential athletes? Well – I, I think it's really unique. We're the only school in the country that that are uh, the only collective in the country that has done done something like this. And you know, with the with the built bar deal that happened a couple of years ago, you know, that was a really big step forward because you know there were a lot of of preferred walk-ons that had scholarship offers elsewhere that knew that they were going to come here and, and get that taken care of. And so that just starts to add depth to your roster, which obviously, you know, you need, especially going into the big 12, but, but the messaging of it is, is really important. It's, it's, I think a lot of times there's, there's chemistry issues in locker rooms because some guys are getting something and a lot of guys aren't. And, and this really takes care of that. And all of the players from, your best player to number 123, um, all of them appreciate the opportunity to, to be helped financially, but also the mentoring program. We had 10 companies. And I, if you guys don't mind, I want to just read them all. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. These guys stepped up, um, you know, PAX, Mountain America Credit Union, uh, NutriCost, Feastbox, Legally Mine, Octo Health, New Skin, uh, Dane and Wendy Kimber, Quick Quack Car Wash, Casey Adams, Brent Bone, and Zions Bank. So they all came together and said, yes, we are not only willing to support the, the, the team financially, but we also are willing to mentor these athletes. So when this happened, every athlete was assigned a mentor. And, and there's also a great company, Impellus, that does a lot of mental health and performance stuff. They're building this mentoring platform that's going to allow allow the mentors to kind of streamline this process. But what that does is, you know, these recruits, they talk, the, these players talk. And a lot of these recruits that come in, they know, they, you know, some of them played in the same league, some of them even on the same team. Uh, and so what, what's happened is it was received. I mean, the players were super grateful, super appreciative. And what that does now is that gives the coaching staff some more ammo when they go out there and say, look, we are putting kids into the NFL, which which BYU is. We see it, saw it last night. We see it every Sunday. Mm -hmm. But to be able to tap into one of the greatest business networks of any school in the country and most passionate donors and supporters, you're going to get stuff well beyond just financial support that can really put you on a career path as your plan B if you don't happen to make it in the NFL. Mark, the, for players, I think they, they see green. 
you know, uh, but the parents are the ones seeing the vision. And I, I would uh, imagine that this, this mentoring process that you've got going on is a home run with parents. Absolute home run with parents. And I think you'd be surprised at what a home run it is with the players. Yeah. We have, we, we were getting phone calls from some of the players asking about what does establishing credit mean? Um, why do I have, what's an LLC and why do I have to set that up? Basic things that they don't have experience in yet, but really important things for them. And so it's been amazing and awesome how many of the players are really excited about this. Um, and of course, you know, the parents are extremely excited. But one other thing I want to mention is it's been interesting. You know, we had a lot of kids come in through the transfer portal this year. Yeah. And um, it, it's it's about the culture. They want to be part of Kalani's culture. And and it's not about the money. And, and you know, I can say that you know, there are some, some athletes, it's like, Hey, the first question is how much, how much money am I going to get paid? And those probably aren't exactly the athletes that are going to be the, the best fit. We have some tremendous athletes that are being recruited right now that have committed to BYU that are on the roster that, that, that is a part of it, but it, it's it for most of them. That's, that's not the number one thing. You know, when, when, when Keaton Slovis was on campus for his recruiting visit with his parents, Dave and I had a chance to talk to him. And we just said to him, what are, you, what are you looking for? And I can tell you that NIL deal, he didn't even mention. He didn't even bring it up. He mentioned like four other things. And it started with a place where I fit in culturally. Uh, and then he said, a place that's going to develop me and help me to become a better player so that I have an opportunity to play in the NFL. And he said, a place that can develop me and help me be a better person. Um, and... Like all of these things he talked about, not once, like Dave and I noticed as we walked away, not once did he say, oh, yeah, I need to have a great NIL deal. Yeah. Didn't even yeah. mention that, right? And I'm pretty certain if he was just looking at pure dollars in his pocket, Keaton could have made more money going someplace else. More, But, but uh, that wasn't the most important thing to him. And you were involved in all that, Mark. I'm not missing the mark on this conversation, on that conversation, am I? Not at all. Not at all. It, it was... Uh, maybe it was fifth on the list or sixth on the list. It had to be on you know, the really, list, and yeah. It, it, and it is on the list. And that's why it's not just the mentoring program, which is awesome. There is a financial support. There is the things because these athletes, they're, they're practicing and they're going to school. And that's, that's their life. They can't go out and get, can't get jobs. But, but with, with Keaton, it was, uh, it's amazing. He's been amazing to, to work with and very grateful for. And, and, and there have been a couple of, the players that have been at other schools that have mentioned that that they've been uh, extremely happy about the team concept and, of course, about the culture. And Kalani really, to his core, wants to make sure that every kid on the roster has opportunity and is taken care of. BYU's 3-0. and They're in the game now. The Big 12 starts on Saturday. The hopes, dreams, and whatever's is now reality. <laughs> and uh, and this is the first year. There's going to be a second year and a third year. We're visiting with Mark Comer from the Royal Blue Collective. Uh, how is the collective uh, doing and in moving forward with getting bigger, better, and stronger? Um, are you positioned to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And as you guys know, we're, we, we stay under the radar for the most part. I'm here on your show, but, but we really don't, uh, we just, you know, kind of been keeping our heads down to work. We have some great people involved, men, Kim of Nutricost and, 
Nathan Anderson of Mountain America, Lon Henderson, who's who's the co-chair, and 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 you know, and many more. I you know, Wilfred Clyde and and Brian Hawkins, and 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 we just have we have a really great group of 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 people that are tapping into their own networks and bringing new people to get them involved. And so it's been growing. There's been some great things happening with the men's basketball program, with the football program. And we have multiple other sports that we have uh, donors that are more excited maybe about that sport than Mm -hmm. football or basketball that are, that are stepping up and doing some really incredible things that, that, you know, in football, the money in football and basketball is pretty crazy, you know, around the country. And, and we, we feel like, you know, we have really made a ton of progress and are doing some great things to be able to compete at the level we need to, to, to get those kids here at BYU. But there's a lot of these other sports that, that we're going to be in the top five of, of NIL support for these programs is anywhere, anywhere in the country. And as you guys know, we have phenomenal Olympic sports. We have mm-hmm. so many great sports programs. So yeah, I, I'm really excited. It's been a lot of work and it's been a lot of, it's definitely a labor of love. You know, we're, we, we spend a lot of time and effort, but we all share a passion for BYU sports and winning. And we all share the same vision that, you know, BYU is a really unique place and, and that it should be, be unique, even, even when it comes to uh, the NIL and the collectives and, and how we're doing things. Hey, Mark, how can, you, we, there's a lot of business leaders that you just mentioned, friends that you know that we know and are having a big impact. How can the average fan help in this effort? Well, that's great question, and, and we do get that a lot. You know, you can go to royalcollective.org, and you can make um, you can make a, a donation there, and you can actually specify uh, what what athlete or what sport you'd like to go like, like that to go to. And so, so there's a few things that we have, um, that we're preparing right now that, that will be, you know, announced here in the next little while that, that are going to give other um, avenues for the fans to be able to support. And, and I'll tell you, you know, we've gotten donations. We've probably gotten uh, a few hundred donations from Cougar fans, aside from the, the corporations and the bigger donors that have been, been yeah. supporting it. And, and, these athletes, when they're getting these, the, this support, just unbelievably grateful. I mean, some of them in tears because of the support they're getting, because, you know, it's, everything's more expensive now. Mm-hmm. And these kids, yeah, they get a scholarship and, and they get a stipend, but, but they're really, really grateful. So, so every fan can get involved. You can go to our website, you can see our mission and vision and see what we're doing. And you can also email us if you're a, a company or, a donor that would like to do some special things for different athletes. We're, we're always obviously happy to help facilitate that as well. We've got that uh, email address in yeah. our live stream We've for everybody. The, yeah. The link is up so that they can go to the website and, and, uh, and check it out. Hey, Mark, last question for you. What's the score going to be on Saturday? Yeah. What's your prediction? Uh, well, you know, the, the best thing, one of the greatest things other than the win about the, that game in Arkansas is you know, Arkansas is generally a top 20, 25 recruiting school, right? They yeah. get top 20, 25 athletes. So, so I think Kansas would be similar athleticism, right? Like we weren't overmatched athletically in, in that game on Saturday. And so going into a, a place that's you know, going to be tough to play in, a better team probably than Arkansas, I think that that was a huge confidence builder for, for the team. And so I'm, I'm going to say – 
couple of good defenses. Uh, we'll see how much they slow down the offenses. I'm, I'm going to say 27-21 BYU. 27. Nice. We're writing it down right here. 27-21. Yep. He's holding you accountable, Mark. <laughs> Next week. Uh, and I hope, I hope I'm right. That was a, such an awesome up-and-down emotionally game on Saturday night. But, boy, that was – that was so awesome when we when we pulled that out. One for the ages. That's great. Hey, keep up the good work, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great to be with you, Mark. Hey, thanks, man. Th- th- thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, go Cougs. Go Cougs. Mark Comer from the Royal Blue Collective, royalcollective.org, and you can get involved with the uh, NIL situation, which isn't going away. And, uh, and it sounds like BYU's got a pretty good handle on it, especially yeah. with mentoring yep. and all that. Hey, Bryson Shepard from Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, on with us tonight. Said the game was one of the best games I've attended, both home or away. The BYU tailgate was definitely the best away game tailgate I've attended. And uh, what a weekend for the folks in that area. Did, did they have barbecue? Like, because you're down in the south. Please oh, tell yeah. me they had yeah. barbecue at that tailgate. That. They had to have barbecue have to have at that, that tailgate. And the uh, temple was dedicated in Bentonville on Sunday. It was just a spectacular what a great weekend. weekend. Coming up next week, by the way, Charlie Peterson, former Cougar quarterback, will be with us. And Jim Kelly, radio analyst for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, not the former quarterback of uh, the Buffalo Bills, right? Later in October, Ryan uh, Riley Nelson, Brian McKenzie, the dad of Marcus and Dominique, who's finishing up his mission, Brandon Doman, Wally Joyner, our alumni chairs in Fort Worth and Austin. Uh, we're going to have a great we're going to have a great October. Can you believe fall starts on Saturday? I Summer is like, it, it, it's got it, days left. It felt and that's a it. little like fall today out there to me. It's a little cooler, a little yeah, cloud cover. Yeah. Last night I went for my walk around the loop and it sprinkled on us a little bit and I could feel, I could feel fall in the air. So it's coming. It's coming. The, the leaves up on the hillside here are starting to change. That's right. And uh, we're going to have some classic football atmosphere, especially a week from Friday. Uh, when Cincinnati rolls in here for Friday night football Can't wait for on that. ESPN. And, of course, BYU TV will have the pre and post and, and all that stuff. Great times. A fun show tonight. Let's, let's wrap up with some headlines on campus. Yep. And, and, and we get to these at this point of the show, not because cause on an ordinary day, they could be the first things right. we talk about. But football is 3-0, and and that's the world we yep. live in. And there's a game this Saturday, <laughs> so... But let's a, talk lot, about, a lot of football today. We hope that's okay with all of you out there. Yeah. But, but all of these are important. Let's give the soccer team some shout-outs. They're 7-1-1. One, one. Kind of a different week after reaching number one in the coaches' poll. Uh, they dropped five spots to number six. They're also number six in top drawer, top 25, down five spots. The first Division One RPI rankings came out this week, and that has them at number 12. Last year they debuted at number 26. But the difference between last year and this year is now they're playing Big 12 teams right. the rest of the way, not West Coast Conference teams where you can't play Santa Clara every night. And that RPI is going to just go up and up and up. Right. And or it, lower it, and lower and lower. Which way does it go? If it's 12 and gets better, is that moving up? You move up. Yeah, yeah. that's moving RPI up. RPI is move up in the poll. Tough week last week. Yeah, they, the TCU was a 3-3 draw. TCU picked to finish second behind BYU in the Big 12 in the preseason poll. So, and we saw the body language and the disappointment on, on BYU's players and on, on Jen Rockwood after that game. They were not happy with the draw against TCU. And I'm, I'm wondering if that, that carried over into that game up in Logan against Utah State where they lost 1-0, a big upset, one That's of the biggest upsets in the country. We're already doing the football game and the postgame show, yeah, and we, that I score came across. I couldn't believe that score like, came across. That can't so, be right. Uh, mark my words, BYU's going to 
finish higher than six before the end of the year. Thursday, <laughs> they're at Baylor at six Mountain Time on ESPN Plus, and then Monday at number fourteen Texas, six p.m. Mountain on ESPN Plus. So they can you want to get back to number one? Beat those guys. Five. You beat both of those teams. <laughs> you're right back up there, knocking on number one again. Next <laughs> home game is Cincinnati on Thursday, the day before the football game with Cincinnati. Thursday, September twenty eighth, seven o'clock at Southfield on ESPN. So Southfield Plus. can be packed Thursday night. And uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium can be packed on Friday night. It's going to be a that. great weekend. How about Ashley Hatch? Um, after the U.S. national team laid an egg at the World Cup, were we kind of rooting for him to lay that egg? Day I was. They deserve to lose because they, they because what they did to Ashley. But they left they all their smart. offense. They left all their offense at home. Yeah, they got smart. They they brought Ashley Hatch back on the roster. She was left off that World Cup roster, and that was that was a huge mistake. It, yeah, was, it was a big mistake. I, and I'm not an expert, but all the experts were going, "What in the world?" Right? Like you don't like you don't leave. She's one of the best offensive players in the world, and she should have been on that team. Um, they play South Africa in Cincinnati on Thursday, and in Chicago on Sunday. So, so now, actually, had, back where she belongs on the national team. And now, now it's make the Olympic team, right? And go win a gold medal. Right. But come on, U.S. soccer folks, exactly. Head. She should have been on there. Women's volleyball is eleven and one. They're back in the top ten. Moved up two spots to number ten. They beat Utah three to one in front of a record crowd at the Smith Fieldhouse. 5,528. Then they defeated Utah Valley 3 nothing. Then they defeated Utah State 3 nothing. So that's a beehive sweep, winning 9 of 10 sets. Yeah. If there's a recruit in Utah wondering where the best program is, yeah, well. they, they, they solidified that in one week if there was any question. Remember that number we threw out there, and I think you had researched it. Like, they haven't been out of the top 16 in a long, long time. Yeah. So, yeah. outstanding program. Wednesday, number 22, Houston at number 10, BYU. Big That's one. the Big 12 opener. Um, and then Saturday, number 18, Baylor is at BYU, 1 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. Wednesday's game, by the way, is ESPNU or yeah. ESPN2 now. That's They're going right. to put on one of those two places for the chance for, for the country to watch. So uh, we wish women's volleyball the best of luck. Now they're back in the top 10. Soccer stays in the top 10. Cross country, the men are number three. The women move up to number six. They're at the uh, Virginia Invitational this weekend. So that's that's four teams right there, all in the top ten nationally. Yeah, that's pretty amazing for fall and, season. And playing great. And now um, the competition begins, right, yeah. in the Big 12. Big, big 12 is big time. So um, Dave Rose, we talked about the, uh, this before it happened, as we had Dave Rose as a guest last week, but former BYU head basketball coach and head coach at Millard High School, Dixie State. Um, so... Uh, he was inducted into the Utah Sports Hall of Fame Monday night in Salt Lake City. Uh, Dave did a two-part series on Dave and his legacy at DeseretNews.com. Make sure you go read that. Great articles. I got your Dave quote. Rose. Did you see your quote in there? I sent it to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, so for two weeks in a row, we've had two Dave, Daves on always, Wise Guys. You're always making me famous. Yeah. I do my part. You know, I just... If I ever have a chance here, you know what? I can work playing in this story <laughs> and, uh, and got you in there because, you know, remember we called his first game as a head coach against LMU yep. in 1995. That's right. And they got beat. Yes, that's on right. On BYU TV. And we're like, what the but heck? But you know what? We always would remind him that his record on BYU TV was phenomenal. It really was. It was phenomenal. So uh, a lot of that had to do with the announcers. Yes, it did. On this day, September 1st. Good karma. <laughs> On this day, September 1st, a few things went on, uh, and, and we're living in the September 1 of 2023. Go back to 1796. 1796, George Washington delivers his farewell address as the U.S. president. Who helped right. him write that? 
That happened on this Alexander day. Hamilton helped him write that. Because if you've seen Hamilton the musical, and it always comes around to a musical on this show, he they have a whole song about him telling Alexander Hamilton, I'm stepping down, help me write my farewell address. So, there you go. Didn't Alexander Hamilton get killed in like a draw? A duel. He got shot yeah, in a, a duel. duel? Yeah. Come on. No, because... It was bad form. Yeah, like Alexander was, Hamilton. It was fatal to, form. To be a man, he put his gun up in the air and just shot it into the air, which was supposed to happen. But un- unfortunately, that's. Jess just made a comment that I've got my big pen over here. Kind of, you, you know what? These are the best. What do I? I don't pens. Even, I go with a. I don't know what that. It's that a might mechanical be a kind pencil. Of anyway, you I know like what? to be able to erase. You know what you get with a bic? You get a pen that'll give you everything it's got, and you watch the I ink like, just go I right like down to, to the erase. end. Hey, did you, did you hear that they uh, Mozart? They had to dig his grave up um, to get something, and he he was in there. He had a piece of sheet music, and he was erasing stuff off. That, that's unconfirmed. No, and he was erasing stuff <laughs> off. And people said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, I'm just decomposing." <laughs> That's we a dad joke. We need a drum. I just, I'm leaving you guys with not believing you guys with the dad jokes. On this day, <laughs> September 1, 1893, New Zealand becomes the first country to grant all women the right to vote. How about that? 1947. On this day, September uh, on this day, Jackie Robinson is named the rookie of the year. How about that? What a legacy. 1960 on this day, Chubby Checkers, the hit The Twist. Hits number one on the Billboard Come charts. Come on, baby. Let's do the twist. That's still popular. Yeah. 1970, the Mary Tyler Moore Show debuts on CBS. I remember that show well. 1988, remember this? American diver Greg Louganis hit his head on the diving board in the prelims at the Olympics. There was, there was blood involved, and, you know, yep. you're just doing a smack. Because they come so close to that. And you're like, how is it reverse whatever that scares the heck out of me? He hit his head and he recovered to qualify for the finals. And then he won it the following day. Amazing. Hey, how about 1989? Doogie Howser, MD, debuts on ABC. Doogie Howser. Yep. ER premieres on NBC on this day in 1994. I never got into that show, but millions of people did. Yeah. And you know what happened today? This day in 2023. Shane Reese was inaugurated as the 14th president of BYU. Watched that this morning on BYU TV. He did a great job. Yep. What a... He's a young guy. Yeah, he's Doogie Hauser. He's Doogie Hauser, <laughs> BYU president, and Shane is. And he's going to the ER. If he, if yeah. Yeah. What, what, uh, what a challenge he's, ahead he's for him. He's going to be great. And uh, he's a friend of ours, and, and he loves BYU sports. Saw him out there cheering for the soccer team the other night. And uh, it's going to be a great run for President Reese uh, at BYU. September 19th, birthdays, 1940, Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers. You lost that loving feeling, which Top Gun brought back. Top Gun, yep. Yeah. Um, 1950, Joan London from Good Morning America. I met Joan London when I was a reporter at Good Morning America uh, when I was uh, uh, my senior year at BYU. And she was so cool and so nice. Uh, And uh, today's her birthday. So happy birthday, Joan London. And uh, 1964, Trisha Yearwood, country star. Jimmy Fallon, 1974. Yeah, Jimmy's going to be 50 next year. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He's getting up there. A notable death on September 19th, 1995. We lost Orville Redenbacher. But we did not lose his popcorn. We did not lose his popcorn. And, and I like that that um, a butter movie popcorn that he's got. He's got a few different brands, and yeah. but I just get that because it pops nice and it tastes good. Yep. Um, and our wise guys inspirational quote of the week is from Orville Redenbacher. Yeah, this is this is about customer service. This is all I had to say. <laughs> so Orville Redenbacher said, 
every once in a while, someone will mail me a single popcorn kernel that didn't pop. I'll get out a fresh kernel, tape it to a piece of paper, and I'll mail it back to them. That shows me he had a sense of humor, a little sarcasm, <laughs> and, uh, and he knew popcorn. That's yes, a great did. quote. Did, he, did they think they were, he was going to send him back a whole bag? What did they think? Probably think, hey, he's going to send me a case because I'm unhappy. He sent me yeah. back a kernel. Hey, we, we got to remind people about your new book, right? Right. So C, so C is for Cougar is Dave's new book. Uh, it's a new the alphabet front cover book. right there. It, it's coming to Deseret Book on November 7th, just in time for Christmas. Um, it, it's the first BYU football children's alphabet book in the history of the world. That's, that's true. That, it is. That's, that's so confirmed. There's a legend behind every letter. Um, and yeah, you got to get this for your kids. Everyone should have it. Uh, and you know what? In about a week or two, we'll have uh, how you can pre-order. Yeah. Um, but you're right. This, this, one, this one's going to be good because there's nothing like it. And everyone loves football and the alphabet. Neither is going out of style. Now, the alphabet's here to stay. And we and, all got to teach our kids how to read. BYU football is here to stay. The alphabet's here to stay. And reading is we'll, here to stay. We'll know if we, we made it if we can do a Chinese yeah, alphabet. Reading's BYU here to stay. You know what's not here to stay that. that we just talked about the other night? Like, did you take a typing class when you were. <laughs> like, we took typing, like on a typewriter. Yeah. yeah. And then they took keyboarding. And now. The kids are doing like just voice things into right. the computer. That's, that's the long lost art. I used to do sixty eight words a minute. Who cares anymore? I got a. I asked for a typewriter for my twelfth birthday. Yeah, a and typewriter. my dad got one from BYU. And um, used to type stories. And I just went. That's 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 how I. My handwriting's never been great, but it's like I never focused on that because if you can type as fast as you can think, you can keep up with yourself. Yeah. So I've just kind yeah. of tried and, to and, do that. And you know, kids are gonna not know how to. Do it, use a keyboard, and I think handwriting is going to, like, beautiful cursive is, is going to go by the wayside. That is going by the way. That's, That's terrible. terrible. So, DJ, could you put up our game day graphic? We kind of skipped that earlier. Let you know what we're doing on Saturday, 1.30 yes. Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Game day, two hours. We're live in our studio with you, me, Brian, Logan, David Nixon, and then Spencer Linton will be live at Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. And um, you we'll seem the happiest in that picture, and I don't even know what I'm pointing at. Well, I'm, I'm roasting a football. How, how can you not be happy you seem roasting happy. a football? I don't even know what kind of spices you put on a football, but I've got some spices in my hand. What am I pointing at? I don't even You're know. You're just directing traffic, like, hey, beat it. I'm like, hey, you people, no, get out of the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer's sitting there petting a live cougar, so how, how we got him to sit still is yeah. phenomenal. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to sit down with uh, Parker Kingston. We yes. had a great interview. We're going to put that together tomorrow. You're going to want to see well, that. We, we were going through our production meetings today. Yeah. And, 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 guys, the big story this week um, on, on game day is going to be phenomenal. So bring some tissues, too. Like, those stories and the deep blues, we, we, we've got some great stuff. And you're going, to be, you're going to sit down with Parker Kingston. Make sure you, you come to game day with us on Saturday. Some great stories that, that you're going to be, be uh, able to watch. And you get us live on BYU TV, also live on the app. So wherever you're at. Um, you can watch us. We'll get you ready for the game, and then afterwards yep. we'll have our live post-game show. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a super Saturday. And you know, here to set the tone for the rest of the week is Caleb Chapman, the founder of the internationally acclaimed Caleb Chapman Soundhouse Music Training Program based right here in Utah Valley. When the Cougars win, we play Rise and Shout on the saxophone, which he played when he was a guest here, sitting mm -hmm. right next to you, and he said, I'm going to play this song, and then we listened to him, and we didn't even think he could play Rise and Shout some, on the saxophone. Some of the runs are beautiful. Here it is, DJ. Mm -hmm. 
Chapman with jazzing it up at the end like only he can. He's so good. Special thanks to David Lawrence, football analyst for Jayhawks Radio. He's getting ready for the game Saturday. Our BYU alumni rep uh, in the Midwest, Judge Brookton Blood, uh, and Mark Comer of the Royal Blue Collective. And, and all three had really good information to yeah, share with great, Cougar Nation. Great stuff. And how about next week, Charlie Peterson, former BYU quarterback, and Cincinnati football radio analyst Jim Kelly will join us next week as we will review the Kansas game and we'll look forward to the home Big 12 opener against Cincinnati um, the following Friday night. Be with us next week. We'll see you then. Podcast up tomorrow. Share it with your friends. Like us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Just like us everywhere. Like us if you see us on the street. Be nice. Uh, have a great be awesome Kansas week. nice. How about three and zero? Feeling good. Or be Nebraska nice. Or or be BYU. BYU nice. BYU BYU nice. Be Provo nice. Provo nice. See y'all. <laughs>